For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Park City Fire Brigade are talking on the front of the Echo today because they have had um, uh, an increase in the amount of uh, call-outs to fires in Cork at homes where older people were living independently. And Victor Shine makes the front page. He's the second officer at the Cork City Fire Brigade. And he talks about that, about uh, homeowners who are struggling to live independently and sadly sometimes it can end in tragedy with regards to a house fire and he says uh, that uh, he's urging people in Cork uh, to check in on their neighbours and their loved ones who they feel may be experiencing uh, different forms of difficulties or you know maybe struggling to cope they're talking about outdated cooking methods mental health issues alcohol dependency were amongst the factors leading to fires in Cork where people lived alone. Um, sometimes you could have a situation where it could be outdated cooking appliances as well or outdated cooking practices, I suppose. So that's a worry. Uh, and again, people being asked to look in on your neighbours and make sure that everybody's okay without, you know, it's a problem. I suppose sometimes people feel, yeah, I'd like to do that, but I don't want to come across as if I'm prying or nosy or a busybody. But the story on the Echo this morning should belie a lot of that because house fire warnings amongst the elderly has shown uh, an increase in call-outs from the fire brigade. And then um, if you drive around for a living or indeed you uh, you know, drive the suburbs or across the city, whether it's peak time or off-peak, you might be interested to know that the Echo says Cork drivers are losing 68 hours in traffic um, to, because of delays in the last year. So they did a survey um, and it kind of worked it out with a, a scorecard and they're saying that Cork is the 71st most congested city in the world and the third highest in Ireland. So when you look at Leaside, there was a 95% increase in traffic since 2021. And you can kind of understand that because a lot of traffic came back after the pandemic and what have you. Um, But um, still, having said that, uh, there's a lot um, of uh, problems with regards to traffic and traffic delays. Now, a lot of it they're saying is to try to make the city more beautiful or more accessible, or the you know the you know, the road network uh, more usable. Uh, I don't know because it just seems to be taking so so long. And the state of the roads don't even get me started on that. I see more photographs are coming in this morning again on Pothole Watch. I'll come back to that later on. London, though, is the one that tops the list with regards to traffic. If we, if we lost 68 hours in traffic in the last year, London has lost 156 hours in traffic in the last year. And there are other kind of uh, motory-related stories making the papers also, um, which include Benefit in Kind. So those of you that actually have Benefit in Kind or a company car, uh, the last budget's going to hammer that even more. And you're going to find it uh, at the end of this month and indeed next month primarily where you'll see in your pace slip you're in for a right shock this week because they're hiking the tax on benefit in kind motor cards to make it make motor cars to make it less and less of a perk these days and another thing that maybe will or won't be increased is the nine percent VAT rate, um, with many people saying that it should be left alone. There's a new poll out by the Irish Hotel Federation saying, um, <laughs> if it said otherwise, I'd say the Hotel Federation wouldn't publish it. But two thirds of the people say they want it left alone, um, so that you know hospitality and tourism and restaurants and pubs, etc., etc., and delis and cafes can survive um, across 2023 rather than bouncing back to say 13 and a half percent. There's quite an, <coughs> quite an amount of stories with regards to. Um, you know, tragedy on Leaside, sadly. Uh, and one of them includes uh, the man who's accused of murdering Bruna Fonseca. And we all know of that. She was murdered, found dead uh, in her in his flat on Liberty Street uh, on New Year's Day. So her former partner's before court again this morning.
morning. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Miller Pacheco, he's the 29-year-old who's due in court today, charged with her death. And, you know, when you talk about deaths, apparently, and I don't know the reason why there would be a spike across the back end of December and January, but more people in Ireland have died um, than, say, 12 months ago or two years ago or three years ago. The website RIP.ie makes this morning's examiner front page showing that there was 9,718 published deaths in the eight-week period from December to January, that kind of period of six weeks. And that's up from 8,000, from 8,000 to 9,700 when you compare it with the same period last year. And you have to wonder why, you know, the same seasonality and everything, um, you, you can't put it all down to COVID because we don't have the same kind of spikes as we did, say, 12 months or, or two years ago. So it's interesting. So on that, on that basis, funerals are being delayed, apparently. And that's the big story here. So mortuaries are under an awful lot more pressure now just to cope. And you might have heard in the news there at nine o'clock of families who were wrongly charged for nursing home fees. Apparently, it's alleged that the state came up with this um, secret plan to hide the fact that families, for over 30 years, some of them, were being wrongly charged and overcharged by the state uh, for nursing homes. And that the allegation is that the state, and this would be lots of different governments under lots of different health ministers and lots of different Taoiseach, kept it secret because if they didn't, it would have cost the state 12 billion euro. Uh, So that makes this morning's mail secret files showing the state's plan to avoid paying or compensating or telling people that they were being overcharged. And then, of course, we've got, uh, you know, you you talk about being overcharged. Well, just look at prescriptions or medicines that you have to buy, particularly if you don't have um, a a medical card. It's insane. I mean, like, how deep is your pocket? You go to the doctor and you pay big for that. You go to the pharmacy, you pay big for that. If you can get the medicines, there's well over 200 now at a stock. They're putting a figure 228. And a lot of them are critical drugs. Um, sorry, critical medicine, I should say, for want of a better word. But things like codeine-based products like sulpidine, um, you can't get it apparently. Uh, eye drop ointments, um, you know, painkillers like ibuprofen, can't get it. There's a shortage of other things like different types of pain relief, you know, prescriptions for infections, anxiety and sleep disorder, seizures, blood pressure, diabetes, all short, critically short, or indeed, in some cases, uh, they've run out. Um, you know, talk about time running out. The Times this morning says they're going to have to relook and see how they can tackle this accommodation crisis, primarily to do with asylum seekers, uh, refugees, and people coming in on international protection orders. And they may time limit it. And I've read the article in the Times, and I'm none the wiser, apart from the fact that they're saying they may time limit it. So, like, support and accommodation refugees seeking shelter and it could be based on a time limit like how would, how would that work you stay for a period of time and then you have to leave but where do you go I mean like do you go to other accommodation do you leave the country do you move into a tent like many did in uh, Dublin and that story of course was making the news yesterday um, uh, in northwest Dublin because apparently a group of men um, went into a migrant camp on the banks of the uh, river Talca um, no arrests were made. Um, the men entered this makeshift camp. There was homeless men living there, and the men were Polish, Croatian, Hungarian, Portuguese, Indian, and Scottish. And the Irish Times were there at the time, and were actually chatting with some of the men. And that made for very interesting reading, actually, because they had no sanitary facilities. They were cooking on open fires. Um, and uh, quite an amount of them became homeless, they said, because they came here, were working here, lost their jobs, 
and or were unable to pay their rent. So that was the backstory of many of them. But anyway, it's alleged that men went in. Apparently, it's also alleged that they had dogs. Um, the Irish Times says it was alleged the aggressors arrived with dogs, sticks and a baseball bat shouting, get out, pack up and get out now. So some of the men who were living in this camp were also hurt, apparently, and injured. Um, and they said they were involved uh, in uh, being hurt with these bats and, and what have you. But the reason that the men who went in to disperse them did what they did was because they said that they were alleging that the migrants had been involved in an assault locally. Uh, so the men um, had to leave and they have now left the camp and packed up and headed off. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I know that, uh, you know, you got that and you have issues down in Lismore as well, don't you, in County Waterford that's making the news. Might have more on that uh, with the people down there literally, totally and utterly in the dark. Nobody tells them, uh, but all of a sudden they're their village and their little town is going to become a hub uh, for refugees and asylum seekers and they just say they can't cope with it. So that's the story out of Lismore. What will happen with regards to our political system as we head into a general election? But that's going to be a couple of years away now. I see that uh, the Greens are saying that they'd have no problem at all going into um, uh, government with Sinn Féin. And you can understand that because politics is all about survival and politics is all about, you know, uh, keeping your job so a one political party would have no problem, really, at the end of the day, hitching their wagon to another political party if it meant survival, you know, if it meant that they were throwing them a lifeline. But what's going to happen now? I mean, we've had a fortnight of bickering. I mean, maybe we've just had many years of bickering in Dáil Éireann. But Fianna Gael now are said they're going to really dig down deep on Sinn Féin's criminality. And a lot of that has to do with the bruising that took over Pascal Donoghue's election expenses over the past couple of weeks, I suppose. But in spite of everything, they continue to fall. So Fine Gael fell again three points to 21%. Sinn Féin, you know, they just, they really don't have to do anything really just to stay where they are or indeed go up. The latest poll shows them at 33%. So they're clearly uh, way ahead. So 33 for Sinn Féin, 15 for Fianna Fáil, 21 uh, for Fine Gael. But they could still do it if there was an election and keep Sinn Féin out if you had Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, the Greens and Independents. But anyway, that's the story there. It's all about musical chairs, if you like. And something that we dealt with on air last week is, of course, adoption. And the Irish Times this morning says, in spite of all of the recent changes to legislation, there are still over 5,000 adopted people who are waiting to receive their personal information about things like their birth and the backlog could take a long, long time to clear. So much so, it reminds me of the passport saga, except probably a lot more serious. Uh, that it, it reminds me of that because they're saying they're bringing in more staff now uh, to try and work through the backlog of 5,000 plus people who are still waiting on their paperwork. Do you ever see in the past where you might have had, um, you know, uh, <laughs> how can I put this? People hanging around corner shops. Back in the day, I suppose, corner boys, you know, um, dodgy looking geezers hanging around shops, acting the Egypt. Sometimes just it's fine. It's just young fellas doing a bit of caffling and a bit of loafing. But no matter how much they tried, the shopkeepers could never get these characters to move on, to get out of the way, to go home. Have you any homes to go to? We ever let people in and out of my shop. So in America, apparently, um, the 7-Elevens have decided to put up speakers and to play opera music. <laughs> So they're playing, you know, they're playing uh, Verdi uh, and they're playing uh, Mozart really loud out the front doors of the shops, apparently. And the ne'er-do-wells or the corner boys can't hack it. <laughs> so they head off. 
to other climes or to other destinations because of the opera music. I pass it on for what it's worth. If you want to keep the front of your shop clear and nobody hanging around out there, and I suppose, sadly... If there were people also who were begging or looking for money or, or tapping there, um, opera music apparently makes a big difference. It also might move on people who are just shocking buskers and should never, ever have been allowed to pick up a musical instrument in the first place. Oh, and if you think that, you know, you can tell lies and get away with it to a child, you know that you can't. But apparently the research out this morning says you can't even lie to toddlers. Um, how old? How old is a toddler? Any child up to three, I suppose, because apparently they have memories uh, like a supergrass, or indeed like a whale. Um, and children, anyway, know when you don't deliver on a promise. They will always remember it, even when they're out of short pants and fully grown up and married with children of their own. They'll still remember the times you promised something and didn't deliver as a parent. And apparently, uh, one way of delivering weight loss, according to Britney Spears this morning in the Mirror, is an ice cream diet. I don't know what kind of ice cream. I don't know whether it's plain, whether it's ripple, whether it's pistachio, whether it's chocolate, whether it's mint, whether it's strawberry. But apparently that's what she ate. She's lost a fortune away doing so. I am not passing that on as a tip or something you should do yourself. But if you have a little moggy or a cat, you'll be disappointed to hear that shrinkflation even is affecting the food, what you give to your pets. The latest example is whiskus, apparently. Whiskus. They have slimmed down the pouches because apparently whiskus cat food comes in a little pouch. So it does. As opposed to a tin or dried food or whatever the case may be in a packet. So they cut the pouch from 100 grams to 85 but they're keeping the price the same, in fairness to them. You get 15 grams less for the same price. So that's probably why your cat seems to be getting thinner and thinner. And from cats then, one type of pet to another, the mail this morning, it says, the pandemic saw everybody looking for a dog, but apparently an awful lot of people during the pandemic were also looking for a pet pig. But then they just went and got fed up of them. That's why the mail says the pandemic pet pigs are being dumped at hard-up rescues. I didn't even know that there was a rescue for pigs, but there is in County Kildare. It's called My Lovely Pig Rescue. And they apparently have 131 pigs now. Um, and a lot of them surrendered in the last few months. Lines open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And we'll get stuck in. Lots to do. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Straight to the phone lines we go. Um, I, this is very sad because it's a very sad photograph, actually, uh, you know, looking, uh, looking at stuff before we came on here this morning. And it's the story of Gary, who's suffering with the spina bifida, the misfortune. Um, Noreen, good morning. Uh, good morning. Noreen, Noreen, are you Gary's son? It doesn't say, are you Gary's son? Are you Gary's mum? He's your son, isn't he? I'm Gary's mother, yes. Okay. And I saw a sad photograph of him in a a small little temporary wheelchair. You know the ones with the very small wheels? And he can't even reach the wheels to turn the chair. You can't even, no. That that little, that blue wheelchair, I know them well. You have, do you have to have somebody to push you in those all the time? You just wouldn't move them? Yes. Yes, he's finding it very, very difficult. He's, it all started, Neil, three weeks before Christmas. He found he couldn't move his chair. His own chair is the chair with the big wheels, the regular big wheels, yeah? Yeah, they're up enough for him to Yeah, we know the one. You can wheel, the ch- you can wheel them yourself, yes. yeah. And what, what, it was it, what happened to it? Was it broken? It's broken. Completely. 
I rang them, the HSE, and they told me that they have to get someone to come out. It took a week for his occupational therapist to come. He came with an, en- an engineer. The engineer said, I can't fix that chair. It's broken completely. And they both, the engineer and his occupational therapist, agreed that he needed a new one. Had he a, did he have that chair a long time, Noreen? Did Gary have it a long time? Yeah, five years, yeah. five and a half years. Yeah, yeah. They, they, um, they left, they said they'd be back and that they would supply him with something. They never done it. His occupational therapist is a foreign man, nothing against that, but the man is out foreign with his parents for since he left my house and there's so his OT his OT left and went on on holidays or whatever and and, yes and he's still apparently on holiday and he had no contact at all while he's on holiday with your HSE so two weeks before Christmas all of this happened and now we're on the 30th day of January that's correct and the boy cries to me why me, ma'am? Why is it being done to me? He can't get around without a chair. That's yeah. his leg. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen photographs of him in the chair. I know those chairs, they won't go anywhere unless somebody pushes you. The bigger ones, of course, gives you fierce freedom and a bit of independence. You can move around yourself. Yes. He's kind of like yes. locked in the chair. Gary propels himself in his old chair, which was especially made for him, but that was five and a half years ago now. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to have totally, totally packed in. I haven't seen these hotel since the day he left, two weeks before Christmas. Okay, so would he usually be going out and about? Because he's, oh, he's a grown, yes. he's, I mean, he's a grown man, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Gary is nearly 40 years yeah. old. yeah. But he's suffering from severe depression now because of what the HSE are doing to him. They they wouldn't even give him a substitute chair. So they came back, they came and visited a fortnight before, said that that could not be fixed, that they were going to do what? Come back with another one? um, Get him put in, they said. For a new chair. And how long does that take? About three weeks, four weeks. It usually maybe. takes three or four but weeks to source a wheelchair. Did they not have any yes. in stock? They didn't, no. Well, they're not saying that I'm ringing and they're not answering me. So when you ring, does anybody answer the phone? No. It Nobody. just rings out. It rings out. And my last one time that a girl, a woman, answered me, she said, he's Gary's OT is still out for him. So on, for as long as Gary's occupational therapist is out foreign, nothing will be done about giving him a wheelchair to give him back his independence? No. As if he hasn't got enough to contend with with spina bifida? 
And we turned his whole life with, with the spina bifida. Also, Neil, can I just mention this? Two weeks ago, I had a carbon monoxide leak here in my home. Mm-hmm. And the council worked the fire brigade, were called, and they got on to the council and told them about it's carbon monoxide like it could kill these people we were made for five days leave all the windows open we had no gas central heating but gosh put a lock on it because they weren't taking the blame for the carbon monoxide they said that's down to the council it's my fire open fire I have was leaking carbon monoxide. What kind of a fire? Is it a coal fire? A coal fire, but it's broken at the back of it, and for the sake of two hours maximum, that's what was told to me it would be to do it. They haven't come near us. I have a six-month-old baby and a five-year-old grandchild living here with me. I'm giving them 111 euro a week. And they're two weeks now living in a house. No heat of any description. So you have your you have your daughter with her daughter with her with her daughter as in your granddaughter her living with you. Kids. Her two kids. Yes. And you have Gary who's spina bifida and you're very unwell I heard I am I only got two years myself in Dublin in St Vincent's hospital you telling me that St Vincent's told you you've only two years to live that yes that they're saying I can't get a liver transplant because I'm too weak and I definitely die under the surgery so what are they saying just to... I wouldn't make... be able for the operation just... And I said, how long? They said, two, maybe three. We can't be certain with the liver. But they said, definitely you'll get two anyway. Two years? Was, yes. They said they could guarantee me two years. That was seven months ago when I was a patient in Dublin. And are you, get, are you getting worse? I am. Yeah, yeah. I am. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen to Gary. You know, I suppose my other family will take care of him between them. Because when I'm gone, his dad is dead 20 years. And I never in my life experienced what I'm going through now between my own health Gary's situation and my granddaughter's hands are purple by night. So you've had no heat in weeks? No, two weeks, no heating at all, Neil. No, no fire and boy gosh, put a lock on, which I won't, I don't blame them. They said they weren't responsible. And the fire brigade said, boy, gosh, you're not responsible. That it's the council have to rectify the fire and we'll be okay then. Okay. Where, where do you live? Mount Brosnan in Mayfield. Mayfield. Okay. Again, another case of Cork City Council as landlords 
not doing what they're supposed to do. But so, they're taking, they, they threaten you if you miss a week of rent. And do they know? Oh, yeah. You're paying your 111 every week? Every week. Yeah. But last week, no need. I didn't give it. And I rang them up and told them, I have to, I have to do something. And I said, I'm holding back the rent till I have a bit of heat. That's, that's absolutely incredible that you would have carbon monoxide identified in your house, right? Yes, by, fire, by the fire brigade. They obviously have monitors to tell you that carbon monoxide can kill you. You could go to bed at night and not wake up. I was carbon in monoxide. bed when the fire brigade came. My daughter smelled gas and she phoned them and they came and they said, Mrs. to me, there's a carbon monoxide leak in your room. It's coming up from the fire through your the boiler, which is But in if my city room. council if city council know that, right? That there's they a, know there's it a if there's a woman with her son who's got his own challenges with spina bifida, couldn't, you know, needs care and needs attention. A daughter and a granddaughter, and including a baby of six months, living in a house where there's a carbon monoxide leak, and done nothing about it at all. Nothing whatsoever. But we'll take 111 a week from a woman on a book. So you must be, like, can you cook? Can you wash? Can you shower? My daughter does all that for me. Where? The daughter that lives here with me with the two kids. Can she cook? She can, yes. Okay. Oh, she's a no, very no, good cook. I know, but is it electric? Oh, it's electric. Yeah. And it's costing me unreal money out of my book. Because they, do you know what their answer was, Neil, the council? They sent me a piecers. That there's smoke coming out of the heaters, they're sold. And they're electric, aren't they? They're electric, but I have to put them on for, to heat the place. Yeah, well, that's going to cost bit. you a fortune. Oh, my God. It you're you know, you're living in very difficult me. times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bleeding me dry. I can't take Gary out for a spin because my car packed in after paying 1100 euro in repairs just before Christmas. Is it an old car? Uh, not nine. Sure, like you spend 1100 euro on repairs, it should be hunky dory. No, it's all the gearbox, he said, is not working. He wants me to buy, the mechanic wants me to buy another gearbox and 400 then for him to fish it. He already got 11 on me and I got exactly four and a half weeks use of the oh car all together. Am I unlucky? You are unlucky, girl. You are. And on top of that, to be told that your own... Well, all our clocks are ticking. I get that. But for you to have... Uh, you know, I don't know, what the, I don't know what the condition is, but clearly it's, it's slowly but surely it's shutting your liver. Immune, okay. autoimmune cirrhosis so, um, brought on by my own body. My own body is attacking my liver. Liver, I know, I know. And do you worry at all about that when you're... I, I do. I worry about what happened to Gary, and I 
my grandchildren, you know, you would worry. You'd have to worry because there's no dad here. He's dead over 20 years. So it's soul-destroying. Yeah. Soul-destroying. Yeah. No car to even take Gary out for a spin. And that man, that mechanic out in Kerry Pike, got 1100 off me, all my Christmas money at the time. Yeah, and and tell me, you know, you did did a neighbour give ba- give Gary a loan of one of the, as I call him, the blue chairs with the small wheels? Yes, um, Jackie, my daughter's mother now, Jackie O'Connor, a very good woman. She's been very good to me. She got in touch with him. Online and online, yeah, and they found one of them, yeah, yeah, and this man donated one, yeah, to him. But it's very, very, he couldn't reach, he can't reach the wheels. Well, well, I see already now somebody who's in Clonmel, right. Has a yes. Here's the text I have a four thousand euro wheelchair with the manual wheels. Can't use it, and I'm wondering, would it suit Gary? Uh, I wonder, would it? It would, I'd say. If it has has big manual wheels, he'd be rocking and rolling. I can't understand, Neil, why the HSE are leaving a disabled boy or the man as he is now like that. He has no life. He can't go out. He's also been sitting in a house with a carbon monoxide leak, along with the rest of you. Yes, and you know anyone in the wheelchair to be very cold because there's no blood circulating. So you're freezing. I mean, we've... I'm freezing. I have a hot water bottle onto me and wrapped in a blanket in my own front room. And has that fire got a back boiler in it? It has, yes. Yeah, so no rads without the fire. I, no board got cut yeah. off the rags because they said they were not taking the blame for no, that no. leak. Yeah, yeah. So it's city council should have somebody city up council. repairing the flu or whatever. Repairing the f- fire. Yeah, yeah. Simple, simple enough job. Have coming from the yeah. fire. We can't light the fire. Yeah, simple enough job. Hold, hold on there a second. Let's let me just take a break here. I'm just curious as to who the, the local councillors that you'd have in your area. See if we can track down one of them. Hold on there, Noreen. Hang in. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, Nicholas is with uh, Rathpeak and Fireplaces. Nicholas, good morning. Morning, Neil. Well, I know, you, I know you've heard my chat with uh, Noreen. Just with regards to this mon- carbon monoxide from an open fire, um, I, I always thought it would be like a gas leak, you know, a leaking gas leak. But it can no, come it's from not, the, yeah. not necessarily. If the flue is damaged anywhere from the ground level to to the ceiling or to the outside of the house, it could be a flue damage. So carbon monoxide could be leaking out through the chimney breast into the joists. So the carbon the monoxide is being created in the open fire, but thankfully it should be going up and out the chimney. Correct. Right. But in this case, but so the, the fire brigade would come along then because they smelled gas and bored gosh for coming. But they put a meter on the house and it would show carbon monoxide on the meter. Correct. So the carbon monoxide 
that they that they read? Was it from a gas meter or was it from the fire? The fire. The fire. Okay, so the flu could be leaking, Neil. Um, it's leaking through the fire right. up through the chimney. How, mo- how big a job is that, uh, Nicholas? Um, about two hours, as I said. The chimney would have to be relined, so there'd have to be like a new sleeve sent from the chimney on the outside right down to the flu gatherer at the top of the fire. So it's like a full day job. Yes. And have you heard of stories like this in the past when it would be identified? Yeah, it's very common. Yeah, yeah. So very common, yeah, especially but, in a house that has a back boiler, because that would have been used as the main heating source in the house. So it would have been used constantly. And those houses were probably built in the seventies, so that back boiler was never changed or upgraded. And overused, then it just breaks down naturally. Yeah, but there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential disasters out there if that's the case isn't there it's very common it's very common but it's it's trying to get someone to do it you know especially the council they know the severity of the job like that's why it's kind of pushed out to one side or put on the long finger or put out for quotations and as you know all these things take Because they, they don't have anybody to do it themselves is that the case and they have to well they have people to do it it's just the money I'd say no, but that's what I'm saying. They have to contract it out to private companies. They do. Yeah, yeah. They do. Now I'm willing to help the lady any way I can. If I get permission to go up and see what I can do for her. Would free you be a, free, free? Oh my God, free of charge. It's a lot of your time though. It is, but we'll plan it between us. We'll see what the problem is. We'll inspect the chimney, see where the leak is. Uh, get permission from the council to see if we can go ahead and do it for the lady. And you, yeah, because they should be hanging their heads in shame that they would leave people in a vulnerable situation like that for weeks. Yeah, weeks. it's just unfortunate. As my heart goes out to her. I tell you something that makes me very angry when I hear stories like this. Then we have to rely on the public and the generosity of people like you to come in and sort it out. So you're now going to have to ask the council if you can go up and fix their problem that they should be fixing themselves. Correct. Okay. Or actually, just see if I can help the help the lady. Okay, okay, okay. So, so no, you could help me with contacts of who to contact in the council because it can go in a roundabout, and then it takes time, days, and weeks before we get an answer, and she has to do without the heating and suffer and pay extra costs. At the worst time and the coldest time of the year, particularly nights and overnight. Nights get Correct. very cold. You know, you might say something about during the day we get up to ten no, to twelve the baby degrees. In the house, that's that's, that's very. The sad. baby in the house is a son with spina bifida who's sitting in the one place. There's a mother who's. Uh, got liver damage and cirrhosis and is getting weaker all of the time. I mean, it's just cruel. And the son has, the son has health, um, health problems as well. Like it's, it's just cruel. No, it, it really it's is. Make it worse. Cruel. It just really is in the society we live in now that these things can go on like that. And also the issue yeah. with the wheelchair for the poor misfortune. I mean, she's certainly having an awful run of bad luck. Nicholas, okay, Rathbeacon Fireplaces, I'm making a note of this. We'll do what we need to do to see if we can get you in. You can't just go and do Brilliant. it, no? No. Well, if if I'd, I'd say there's a protocol in place. There is, because they're the landlords, yeah. yeah. And if there's problems down the road, then I could, I could get in trouble. So I'd say if we go through the right protocol, 
get permission and I'll take it from there. All right, okay. At least that's something in the right direction. Thanks, Nicholas. How, how do you feel about that, Noreen? At least that's something, isn't it? That's great, Neil. Okay, that all right, hold on. Is very good. Okay, I'll make, I'll make that happen. Nicholas, you're very kind. Thank you for your act no of generosity. Fair play. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. It's me. I should be thanking you because you've got enough to be doing rather than taking on Paul Bono work. Ken Collins is Sinn Féin councillor for Cork City Northwest. That'll be your parish. Um, I hope it's your parish. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Oh, that's northeast. Oh, that's northeast, Mayfield. All right, well, listen, it's... That's okay. Oh, I represent okay. the city anyway, so it doesn't matter, you know. What, I represent what, 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 the whole city. What, what's, what, why does this happen? Like, I mean, firstly, we have the issue with the HSE and, and her son, who is spina bifida and has no wheelchair. Um, and, you know, nobody seems to give a damn since two weeks before Christmas. Um, he's got enough going on in his life with his health without being ignored like an invisible man. And then you have uh, a mother who has had carbon monoxide, everything switched off, is living in the cold, and city council just don't care. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. If you could pass on my number to the lady and to Rathik and Fireplaces, I will speak to the head of maintenance aside in Cork City Council. He's fairly okay, you know, and he will deal with it. But obviously that, that chap in Rathik and Fireplaces was, was, was exact by getting permission first to be able to win because... If there was any other, if there was any damage done to the property, he would fall. It would fall back on him then, you know. Yeah, but why doesn't it fall it, it back will, on city council as the landlords when there's something wrong? They'd be fast 100%. enough to hassle you if you weren't paying your rent. A hundred percent, I totally agree with you. I will be on to the head of maintenance in relation to this matter, but I, it's obviously I, 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 I don't know of the case. I just heard it this morning, so. If you could pass on my details to the lady and I, myself, Thomas Golden, and make no will work on this straight away, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Noreen, do they actually know in the council of the situation with the carbon? They, oh, they do. They do. They sent, they sent me a mason up to look at the fire, just to look at it. He looked at it and said, I don't know why I was sent up here. I'm not out of this city, he says. I won't be repairing it for you. My, my part of the city is the north side, he said. But you aren't, you're in Mayfield, that's the north side. Yeah, I think they think, um, you know, Grand Bracher. Okay, north, north, northwest. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Neil, if you can pass on my details, I will, I will work very hard for this lady. And, and in, in relation to the wheelchair, I'll get Thomas Gould's office to get on top of that as well. You know, it's unfair that people have to wait, especially children and then going into men, young men and women, having to wait for changeover of wheelchairs. My own nephew has one, and I think it was a, it probably maybe 12 months waiting this far for the wheelchair, you know, to be measured up and everything. It's unacceptable. So they don't have a stock, they don't keep carry a stock in any way, shape or form. They just say, oh, you just have to sit, just sit in a chair and wait. Just sit there. You get measured up. You get measured up. And then, you know, sometimes you get measured up and you're after growing that measurement already, you know, because children, adolescents growing like, you know, it's it's unacceptable. All right. Um, so we do have a maintenance department that is supposed to be maintaining properties. Why, right. why aren't they? Well, you, you know, I put in representations for people. 90% of the time, they would go out and, and get that rectified maybe after two or three representations. But, you know, I don't know where this, this slipped through the net or what, but, you know, it's not good enough. Okay. All right. Well, you're on the case then. 
thank you. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Ken. I look after that. Okay, you. well, we can do that as well. I hope you feel a bit better there, Noreen, um, that you have I, some people who I want to... I would like to help, of course. Um, with the, you know, t- Tommy Gould would be a TD for your area as to, you know, whether or not we can get a wheelchair faster or not. But Gary's very down, though, you're saying. He's absolutely fine. It's going on so long. He's getting very, very depressed. How's he do all day? He's just in the house. What would he normally do? Is he pals when he go out and about? Oh, he he has pals in town, and he'd go into town and socialise and have a cup of coffee and come home. Then after about two hours, you know, he'd yeah. be after killing time. He he has when he's chair when he has his chair, he has a social life. In the sense, meeting his friends does him. He don't drink. He he like loves meeting his friends for coffee and back home. Then after, or he go over to my brother who lives alone in the family home. None of that since two weeks before Christmas, though. He can't go anywhere. He's at breaking point. It's very hard, Neil, at the moment. Yeah, I know. I don't know how you keep it together in fairness. He's my son and I'm there for him. But he can be so cranky when he can't get out. Should we all be the same? Why him? Why can't he be able to have, get around? Basically, like, he can't understand. See, we oh, could get him. We could get him a wheelchair, but it mightn't fit him. You know, he's he's a small little lad. Yeah, it's the thing about it. That last one that he had five and a half years ago was um, made especially for him because his back was curving more and more. So, if I got somebody to go up to Clonmel to get the other one, it mightn't be ideal. It mightn't be, and it could be, you know. That's the situation. So would you like us to do that, or do you think that that might be... I would, I did, did because it would, it would be great if it did suit him. John, would you, go, John did you, would you go up to Clonmel? Of course I would. No problem at all. Right, would you just turn that radio down there if you don't mind? I will, yeah. yeah are, you, of are you free? When are you free to go? I'm free today. All right, okay. Well, see, I'm not, I don't know whether it would fit. I mean, maybe maybe for a yeah, bigger well, person, but we won't know unless we try. Are you happy we to try? We won't know unless you try, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. Noreen, what if John goes up to Clanmel and picks that up today... You can see if it fits or suits the purpose later on today. Oh, that's great. John, you're very kind. You're very kind. Yeah, hold on a second. Think of the, the yeah. lady. Who have I got in Clonmel? Let me think uh, about this. It's Lolly, I think. Lolly, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm well. Thank you for listening above in Clonmel. You have a chair, do you? I do, that's right. No, I was just listening to her and she was saying that her son, Gary, is um, kind of a slim gentleman. Now, my chair might be a little bit big for him um, because being like a female size, it was kind of uh, made a little bit larger for a female. So I'm just worried in case it wouldn't suit him. But I'm definitely happy. He's very small. Very small. Very small. Yeah, yeah. He is very small. 
I'm five foot ten. But I don't He's very, very small. Because yeah. he's all twisted over. Yeah, Miss Fortune. I see photographs of him, yeah. Small legs, Miss Fortune. Yeah. I'm happy for you to, to send the chair down and for Gary to try it out and see if it suits him. I'm more than happy for that to go ahead and hopefully like, it would suit him. It's a disgrace that all of us are having this conversation in a country that's supposed to be looking it's after its own. Do you want to try that? You, sorry, what you say? And the, and the council then taking 111 a week and won't even come up and fix the problem. Shame. I mean, the yeah. six-month-old is, her hands are purple by night. Purple in colour. It's cruel. It's cold. cruelty. It's just cruelty. Noreen, do you want to try that chair? Because John can go and get it. I think it might be too big. He's very small. He's like only about four foot. I know. What do you think, Lolly? Do you think not? Um, I don't know. I think like maybe in five ten, like the the chair might be a bit big for him. All right. Okay. Okay. I can send you. We can send you a photograph of it, maybe, uh, Noreen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's. Oh, will you send me? Phone don't take photographs. It's an old type phone I have. Yeah, but your daughter would have a. F- Phone with she you. has, yeah. yeah. She okay, alright. Well, Lolly, yeah. I'm going to put you back on hold there. You can send us a photograph of it and we can send it to them yeah. and they can make a call perfect. on it then, alright? Okay, perfect. Thanks, Lolly. So hold on there, John, and we'll see what happens in that regard. Well, you know, with regards to the car. Yes. Yeah. Um, does a mechanic call? He basically robbed. Uh, well, me. I don't want to. Don't don't go into any detail that would actually identify a mechanic because I don't know what work was or wasn't done. But eleven hundred euro later and it's still not going. That sounds um, that sounds worrying to me. And uh, and he boasted me that it's the same problem again. <laughs> After eleven eleven hundred euro worth of it's probably not even worth eleven hundred euro. No. All right, Ken Duffy's a mechanic. He's going to collect your car and he's going to fix it free of charge. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Here we go again with the people doing the work that the state should be doing and council should be doing. Makes me sick. I'm crying now, Neil. I'm so happy. I feel very sorry for you because it's not as if you haven't got your own health issues and you're looking to the future. You know that you don't have much time left. I do. Yeah, and you know that Gary's going to be there without you, and you worry about that. Of course, with his complaint, wheelchair bound. And you're probably happy out together most of the time. Oh, we are. We get on grind when he had his chair, but he's actually getting angry with the world now over what was done to him. Okay, so two weeks before Christmas, the wheelchair packed in. They came out to look at it and uh, said that they would uh, repair it and it was beyond repair. And then they said they'd give you another one. And then the OT left the country and no one's answering the phone. And here we are at the end of January, still no chair. And he's been confined to barracks. There's, there's, and, uh, he's, and he's getting angry I know, over There's it. carbon monoxide leaking through the fireplace. Um, and of course the city council who are your landlords are doing absolutely nothing about it you could all be found dead in your beds and then you spent 1100 euro on the car he's looking for another 400 need a new gearbox after all that work 
You're having an awful I, start okay, to the I new year. I have to buy the new gearboxes. Well, you have to buy the gearbox and he wants it. 400 euro labour. Well, in some yes. small ways, I hope this phone call has made a difference because we'll see what the wheelchair looks like in the photograph. Ken Duffy, the mechanic, I'm going to give details, going to come and get the car. He's going to sort that out for you. We got, uh, we got local councillors and also Tommy Gould, TD, on the case of city council I with regards to the carbon monoxide. So try and feel a bit more optimistic now, all right, Noreen? Thank you all right, so girl. much. Mind yourself, talk later, all right? Thank you, bye-bye. Bye for now, girl, bye for now. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. It's great the way people help, but it's a terrible indictment of society and those that are supposed to help that seemingly sit on their hands. Um, but uh, I have uh, been sent a photograph of another wheelchair now. This um, is uh, for a girl, a young girl's wheelchair. It's, it's smaller. It may well do the job for Gary. Uh, and I'm going to see if uh, maybe Noreen would prefer that. It looks smaller to me. It looks ideal. Um, but it being for a young girl, instead of having the bl- like blue inserts that you might see, um, it's got pink inserts. I don't know whether that's a problem, whether Gary would be concerned by that or not. But it looks like a smaller, tidier, tighter one. Uh, and we'll see if that might be fit for purpose. Uh, mean, meanwhile, Sheila Sullivan says, listening to Noreen is just breaking my heart. I'm furious at what's going on in this country. As for what hap- what's happening with the carbon monoxide leak, the book stops at the doorstep of the boss at, C- at the CEO of Cork City Council. We, the taxpayers, pay her wages and I'm demanding that she explains what's going on. If she refuses, she should resign. Um, officials need to be held accountable, says Sheila. Well, I know, I know what you're saying in that regard and I have tried on a number of occasions, uh, but it's, I'm just having no luck whatsoever with regards to um, having a sit-down chat with the Bossett's uh, City Council. I think a lot of the time, though, you have different departments whose jobs it is um, to kick in when situations need rectifying or people need help. I mean, they are landlords and being a landlord, of course, comes with its responsibilities. So if you're the boss of a council, say, or a business, you shouldn't have to be micromanaging everybody's job. You know, you put people in positions where you feel they're going to get on and do the work. Now, if there are reasonable reasons or excuses as to why the work isn't being done, Let's hear them. Let's at least hear them. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you talk about carbon monoxide in the home, or in this case, a leaking fireplace, which thankfully, uh, Rathpeak and Fireplace is going to look at for Noreen. Um, you need to be very worried, uh, very conscious of things that you buy, that you use at home, um, particularly over the wintertime. I saw disturbing news about electric blankets that Witch Magazine did some research on recently, ones that were bought um, in online forums, the likes of Amazon Marketplace and AliExpress and places like that, they tested 11 of them and found that 9 out of the 11 uh, that, were, that they bought should not have been sold legally. Um, and this is Witch, U- Witch UK, obviously. So they're talking about, um, uh, this is the consumer magazine out of the UK, Witch magazine. So they're talking about uh, 9 of the 11 items that uh, they bought should not have been sold legally in the UK because they were badly made. Uh, had problems with packaging, markings or instructions um, and even more seriously they bought one for 21 euro from AliExpress they said it was a dangerous product with a problem cable problem fuse and a problem plug another one um, again from uh, AliExpress had dodgy, dodgy and dangerous UK 3 pin plug adapters that could lead the users to getting a shock 
They also found, um, they looked at singles and they looked at doubles uh, and they said that nine dodgy electric blankets um, should never have been sold on the marketplace and apparently subsequent to this, they were removed by the online marketplaces themselves when they were contacted by which magazine. But you just need to be very, very careful as to the products you buy, particularly in this case, electric blankets. Uh, very sad, though. Uh, I see a lot of people getting involved in the conversation with regards to Noreen and her family and uh, the load that they have to carry. And I will come back to that if I have updates throughout the course of the morning. Text 0868104106 if you want to get involved. We got calls, texts, and comments after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Yeah, I have to acknowledge an awful lot of texts coming in then saying that if it was a scenario that involved somebody that was here from outside of the country, that the situation would be rectified an awful lot faster, certainly with regards to the carbon monoxide leak and probably as well with regards to Barrett Gary, who has spina bifida and has no wheelchair uh, and is literally trapped since the, as if he has enough to be ten, contending with since the second week of December. So we'll come back to this. Text 0868104106. A lot of calls, texts and emails from the back end of last week, which I'll come back to. But I just spotted an interesting text come in over the weekend uh, from Fenton. Um, I don't know if we chatted before, actually, but uh, he joins me by phone. Fenton, good morning. Hello, how are you doing, Neil? I'm good, my man. Now, you um, are celebrating your birthday on Wednesday. It's a yes, I'll be 60 on Wednesday. Six. It's going to be very lonely. You're going to be lonely Wednesday. It's your 60th. And that's... Um, yes, I just need someone to give me a birthday shot, especially you, Neil. You and want- I've never had a hug for years. I've never had a good Christmas. I've never had a good Valentine's Day. I've never had a good birthday. And now I'm going to be 60. It's still going to be lonely. And how long have you been lonely and nobody to celebrate birthdays or Christmas with? I've been... uh, Since 2011. Since 2011. Is that when you came here first? No, that's when I moved away from West Cork and moved into the city. And did you have friends down west? Uh, I have a few friends. Okay, so you're living alone in Cork City now? I live alone, but I'm well looked after by Ireland. Uh, I have caregivers from home instead. They are very wonderful, but I'm diabetic type 2, so they come in to check my sugar, clean the house in the morning, and give me my breakfast. Right. Uh, I also have a PA who comes in on Friday, a wonderful Polish lady who's been with me for years. Her name is Agnes. I just want to say thank you to her. And what does Agnes do for you on Fridays? Are you unwell? Yeah, no, no, I'm very, she goes cooking, she cooks for me, she goes shopping for me. I live alone, I'm not unwell, I'm just diabetic, and my diabetic is well controlled with medication. Sure, I'm, I'm pretty much the same age as you when I'm cooking for myself, if you're unwell. I mean, do you cook the rest of the week uh, yourself? No, I'm visually impaired. Gentlemen. Ah, now I see where you're coming from. Visually you, impaired the sight is, with a lot of abilities. The sight isn't anyway. great. Yes, I've spoken to you when I was contesting election in Bandon some years ago. I wondered about that. I thought something sounded vaguely I familiar. I just want something special on my birthday. So on Wednesday when you're 60, you'd love some kind of... Uh... It could be a nice meal, a good gift, and uh, a happy birthday, sister birthday shout to me. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, I'm certainly going to play your request on Wednesday, Fenton, for your 60th. Oh, wonderful. I'm ha- be I mean, we'd, be de- we'd be delighted when we get off the air to send you a birthday card and hope to God you get it by Wednesday. That would be great. I mean, <laughs> if you play me Stevie Wonder, happy birthday. I'll, happy play, birthday. I'll play you a bit of Stevie Wonder on Wednesday as well. 
That'd be great. Happy That'd birthday great. to. And what That'd about be... what about wife, sons, daughters? Nobody there, no. No, no. I got you. There. Uh, uh, the wife is gone with the winds, and uh, God, the children the are wind? gone. Not they've gone. They are different ways. All right. Where and if the kids, but the, did the kids come? Did you come from Nigeria to here or Nigeria to the UK? I came from Nigeria to England. From England, we were referred here. I came for a medical reason for my first son. So he was losing his sight in Nigeria. We were referred to Buffett High Hospital in England. So they treated him there. We were referred to Professor Clary. He okay, so it was, for, it was for health reasons that you came from the UK. And why is it that yourself and your son suffer from the same eye condition? I wouldn't know because it's not the same. I had cataracts. His was uh, retinal detachment. So his own retina was detaching, so they have to attach it back, which they did here in Cork. Professor right. did that. But the kids aren't here anymore. Now. They'd be in their 20s now, I'd say. They're they? all grown-ups. Right. They're all grown-ups. They're all adults. My eldest is 28. My second just had a knee surgery last week. Right. He's a basketball guy, so he had injuries. He was the presi- vice president of uh, UCC Demons when he was in UCC, so he's recuperating right now. He sees me. No, I can't. You, you speak very fast, Fenton. No, I thought he, I spoke he, fast. You speak like okay, a rock. My son is renting with his friend in Douglas, so he just had surgery last two ah, well, is it, And have you a daughter as well here? I have one little angel, my princess. She is with Mostar Technology University. She's doing nutrition and health All science. right, so you have a daughter and a son who certainly be with you. I have three sons, uh, and I have one daughter. Uh, well, then you won't be alone on Wednesday. But I'll be alone on Wednesday. Nobody will come here. They can only come weekends. Why? So Should that's, be- a, that's <laughs> the problem. So I just want to be happy. I want to hear happy birthday. I love to dance. I want to be happy, but it's going to be cold. You want to be, you want to be happy, it's going to be what? I, I want to be happy, but it's going to be cold because I'm going to be lonely. You're going to be lonely on your 60th yes, birthday. Yes. All right. Are you looking for love? Uh, yes, I'm looking for love. You're looking for companionship as well. Yes, I'm looking for love. If I got the money, I'm looking for money to go back to Africa, Nigeria, and bring a partner here to look after me <laughs> in my old age. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Because it's so no woman, no cry, but I'm not no crying. Woman, no cry. But yeah, sure, there's a very big Nigerian community in Cork. Do you not interact with them, hang out with them, socialize with them? Everybody knows me very, very well. Yeah, yeah. All right, lawyer, retired now, relaxing now, at 60, a politician. <laughs> So in my sixty, I want to be very, very happy. Okay, so so you left Nigeria. You were a human rights lawyer, was it? Yes. Right. And why did you have to leave? Was it because of the work that you did? No, I told you we had a head problem with my first son. Right, you left Nigeria for... Problem. Yeah, okay. His eyes needed to be fixed. Okay. We were referred to Morphe's Eye Hospital in England. Okay. So, so we, he was treated. All right. okay. And the same ophthalmologist referred us to... UCC here okay. to Professor Clary, so, who is retired now. Okay, so and he was able to fix the eye for the guy, and the guy is seen very, very well with God. Him. I'm glad that that got fixed. But he's working in Bali. He's in Bali. He doesn't live here. Your other son is in Bali. So he's you, in Bali. He you, went to uh, school in Kerry. Uh, uh, Kerry. Okay. 
Oh, you want to ask? So it's a technology guru. So uh, tell me, all right, that's okay. I have the whole history of your family, and I'm happy out with that. So, will you have any birthday cake on Wednesday? I'll be happy if I can get one. Did you get, get one get last year? Some fizzy drinks, some fizzy drinks, some nice drinks, some no. cakes, and a card. I, I want to hear your voice wishing me happy birthday, and I want to hear that song from Stevie Wonder. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> If you don't ask, you won't get. So yes, I need to yes. pay, play you a request on Wednesday. Yeah, I need I to. S- thank you to you. I listen to you every day. I wake up with you. You have you very know, good taste. You, you reach out to people. You give us soccer, people like us. You have so good taste. We appreciate you. Okay. We appreciate Red FM. What kind of a Chris? What kind of a birthday cake would you like? Are you a chocolate cake fan, or do you uh, like sponge? I have no choice. Anything is good enough. Okay. And would you need 60 candles on it or was one big candle okay? One big candle would be okay. Right. Where are you living? Drink. I Where? feel sweet and whatever. That would be okay for me. Do you, do, you, do, you drink, do you drink pints or do you drink... I, I, I drink pints. Do yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> what do you... I, li- I like Guinness. I like Guinness. <laughs> yeah, I, buy, I like Baileys. <laughs> and, uh, I, I like some whiskey for Middleton, you know? <laughs> you like Middleton whiskey, is it? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do, you've I got do, expensive taste, my friend. You've got expensive taste. <laughs> okay, so on when behalf of we vulnerable people here in Ireland, we just want to say thank you okay. to Red FM, thank okay. you to Neil, and okay. thank you, and I wish you all a happy belated birthday. Where do you Red live? FM. Where Where are you? In the city, suburbs, county? I where? live. I live on Borimana Road. Borimana Road. T twelve V Y eighty. T twelve. VY80, okay. apartment 25, Elderwood so, Avenue, Borimana Road. T12. T12, VY80, postcode. VY. T12, VY80, then apartment 25. So your postcode is T12, VY80. Yes. So if somebody wants to, you better give me the address because I don't know whether on post recognizes air it's codes yet. Apartment 25. Apartment 25. Elderwood Avenue. Elderwood Avenue. Borimana Road. Borimana Road. So if somebody, okay, so if anybody wants to send you a birthday card for Wednesday, they'd want to do it today. Yeah, and a surprise hamper. I don't mind a hot meal too. You, want, you give it out to people on Fridays, you know. You want you want a hot meal? Yeah, I, I, would, I would love a nice meal. A nice half day, <laughs> mini hamper. Just a knock on my door. Fred, then, stop, man. You, need to, you have to know when enough is enough. That would be great. That would be great. So just make my day for me. That would just be All right. it. Okay. All right. Let, 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 let me see. We love you. We love Red <laughs> FM. We cherish you. Just keep the good work going. Okay, my man. Thank you for sending good vibes. I'll tell you Thank what. You. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll encourage people to send you a birthday card to Apartment 25, Elderwood Avenue, Boring Manor Road. You, uh, you got my name, F-E-S-T-U-S. Festus. Festus. F-E-S-T-U-S Happy birthday Festus Okay so I, I got a couple of days now maybe to try and see if we can find somebody who will give us a birthday cake for you and a That'd candle be on it That'd be lovely That'd right. be wonderful Okay I'll talk, to you, I'll talk to you on Wednesday right the big day Thank itself Thank you very much my man God bless you Happy day Bye bye Oh my god it's great to have a cause like that because it just lifts your spirits I hope it lifts yours too have a bit of positivity in the world um, he's a lonely lad though so anybody that might have a spare five or ten minutes today um, please a birthday card to Festus F-E-S-T-U-S apartment 25 Elderwood Avenue Borry Manor Road 
we'll see if we can organise a cake from but as for everything else we'll park the rest of it but I have to say you know with the kindness and goodness of people um, still and all we do have issues and uh, Jim got in touch with me because he was in the city recently and I know we touched on this from time to time I gave you a list that Cork Bio put together recently of all of the businesses that uh, just closed their doors um, during or after uh, the pandemic had a huge impact uh, particularly on the city centre and he says uh, working week in the city you had a week working in the city he says the headline is the city is broken so he worked there for a week and he says working a week in the city has made me realise that our system our city is totally broken uh, and this is what he observed in this piece, space of a week working in the city the amount of open drug dealing going on in our streets is nothing short of out of control I had opportunities to watch a week of drug dealing at the back of Bishop Lucy Park at the South Main Street Tobin Lane area entrance uh, from early as 8am in the morning the drugs are being dispensed as the local street dealer goes about his or her daily routine first the people who are hooked on it as they come out to get their fix to start their day, as if they could not function without this fix. That's from 8 a.m. Then at 10 a.m. and again at 1 p.m., the few office workers mix with the junkies and collect their fix, a common need for the common people. A few trades walk into the park who are to meet by the gate um, with the dealers and money is passed and they walk away. The supplier shouting after them, Best of luck with that, fella. So he's talking about office workers, uh, people involved in trades and what have you, also getting their fix and picking up their drugs uh, at some at 10 in the morning. Maybe it's a coffee break with the office workers, one o'clock lunchtime. Guys with their name tags hanging around their necks as they take a break from their office, hand over money, collect the package and move away as fast as they arrived. All the time having to maintain the conversation from the supplier as he keeps shouting down the street after them, Give me a call if you need any more. Then the regular phone calls being made on the street to the supplier, to the sounds uh, echo as we work. I hear a raised voice. Hurry up, hurry up. There's a guy shouting on the phone. Hurry up, people are waiting. Ten minutes later, your man arrives. This is at four in the afternoon. He's immediately surrounded by people that got their fix at eight o'clock that morning. Back again, it's like a frenzy as they gather round him with their money clinking in their fists. One man shouts, I need to get 10 euro change back from you. Um, just a quick, just as quick as one group disappears and other arrives from all directions. It's just degrading. Degradation on our streets. No need for anyone on the lookout. No need for anyone to shout 5-0, cops, guards, police. There are none to be seen. Maybe the city is just meant to be broken, says Jim. And that was uh, his observations, having spent a week working in the city and what he saw. I mean, it, it strikes me as peculiar, really, that if members of the public see this in broad daylight, uh, you know, why can't these people be just swooped on, even if they're just swooped on every single day, more and more so, just taken out of circulation, searched, drugs taken from them, arrested, day in, day out, if that was done. Because the public can see it happening and Jim saw it happening, so why can't others? Anyway, text 0868104106. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Back to calls in a couple of seconds. I hope you can hold on, Patrick. It won't be long. On house fires, uh, we're all being told to use appliances at night time as it's cheaper and less congested on our electricity network. Could this be why there seems to be a lot of house fires? Uh, we turn on the tumble dryer and go off to bed and before we know it, 
it's on fire. It's more likely to catch an issue when you're awake than when you're asleep. You're, you're more likely to catch an issue when you're awake than when you're asleep, says Declan. And that's something actually, Declan and Caroline, that the fire brigade have also said, don't be using um, any kind of electrical appliance unattended. Don't be using the tumble dryer or the washing machine or the dishwasher when you go to bed because out of sight is out of mind. You're right in that regard. Um, thank you. The Talca River attack on homeless men who were living in tents. Texter says the Irish Times journalist was interviewed this morning, I heard the interview, and said categorically that the homeless men in tents were not connected to any assault. This is the misinformation that the far right use as a rationale for attacking <coughs> homeless men in tents with pit bull terriers, German shepherds and sticks. The Irish Times journalist witnessed it. She spoke to a 20-year-old whose arm was badly injured but not broken. Uh, she said her photographer was threatened that he took fo- if he took photographs. He did anyway take the photographs. So thank God there is evidence, not misinformation about what happened. Um, I won't be letting the Noreen story go, believe me. Uh, we're on this and we'll stay on it until all of the issues that she's suffering with in her life and indeed her son's life, Gary's life. Little man, He's a small little man with spina bifida. He's 40 years old and he's trapped in a temporary chair and it's just cruel. It really is just against all sorts of human rights. Uh, and city council are just disgraceful as tenants, the way they treat tenants, the way they, they, as landlords, I should say, the way they treat tenants. What a despicable country we live in when our own people are treated like this. That poor woman, God love her, it's disgusting to hear it. We had the same situation in a council house in Ballyvalan. We had a house fire 18 months ago and we are still waiting for the council to call. They're your landlords. You're paying them rent. They have obligations to you, but they just don't fulfill them. If you saw primetime last week, you'd have seen the lashing by the senator whose own child is in a wheelchair. He took lumps out of the HSE and the government over the way disabled people are treated in our country. It's good. And he was so right. It was the night they did the price on the two lads and they did the price on the two lads in their wheelchairs. Thank you, Desi. Uh, Please do everything you can for this woman. She seems so vulnerable. She certainly is. And also to be told that she has less than two years to live herself. It's heartbreaking. She should sue city council. They are her landlords. Go into Laps Key. Check out the solicitors there. They will take her case. I know cases where they have fought and won. And they reference uh, a solicitors firm called Fitzgerald's Solicitors. The refugees get upgraded to four-star hotels while our own, especially the elderly and the sick, are left second best again, says Pat. A poor lady. The council can put in a stove fire. They did it for my sister when the same thing happened to her. They could do something, couldn't they? They could just turn up and do it. If the council blocked the fireplace with concrete blocks, Board Gash would have to restore the supply. How hard is that? Uh, my buddy just said to tell the HSC that her son is Ukrainian. Uh, I know what you're saying. What a gentleman to do that for this lady. Uh, well, lots of people want to help. You're probably referencing Rathbeacon fireplaces. Um, another mechanic was going to take her car. And it's, it's people's humanity, really, isn't it? Um, meanwhile, the council should be ashamed the poor family and her son, I'm heartbroken. I just wanted two more. What a disgrace what's happening to that lady and her family. Shame on the HSE and the council. Our Irish people are being treated like crap. May God help this country, says Mary Jane. It's a good example, actually, of two state bodies, neither of which are doing their job at the same time in the same family situation. The HSE, nowhere to be seen. And the council, deaf ears. Thank you to the people of Cork and that lady in Clonmel for helping that beautiful elderly lady. That call this morning shows what's happening in our country with their own people, and I'd say we don't hear the half of it. This is what happens when the government is too busy looking after others, when they should be looking after our own. Maybe that lady finds happiness in her... May she find happiness in her final months alive. God love her, this shameful country.
thank you for those texts. Uh, keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Uh, thank you for waiting. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Are you, are you telling me that if I wanted to switch energy provider now from one to the other, um, and I do yes. so, I will no longer get that introductory discount that you usually get when you flip? That's right, Neil. Um, I suppose... Uh, so I'll give you a, sort of the background to this. Um, I'm a legal practitioner, and by I thought my my legal education, I was done European law and a component of competition law as part of my masters. So uh, I have a knowledge of competition law. Uh, I, I don't practice in it. I just have a working kind of knowledge. So what happened in around August of last year? I switched energy provider. I got 33% discount and soon thereafter it became um, I became aware that all the energy companies in unison bought this practice so I thought as part of my professional DNA you know a red flag went off and I thought hold on a second that doesn't sound right um, under in European law I don't want to kind of get too technical so I suppose I'll keep it kind of simple no I I mean like I'm I'm just googling as I'm talking to you Uh, no more discounts for switching energy providers. Correct. And if one energy provider done that on their own, fair enough. But the simple fact is they all done this exactly. They all proverbially switched off this discount. Um, I give you a parallel, perhaps, if, if um, all the insurance companies suddenly ceased giving no claims bonuses, that in itself would distorts competition. I mean, I'd see an Irish Times article here from October of last year, energy companies slashing discounts for customers looking to switch. Um, so, so yeah, it says that they, many of them went from 40% discount to little more than 10%. Are you saying they subsequently went on and got rid of it completely? I believe more or less, more or less. Um, My God, and Why? Well, that's what I've asked the CCPC to look into. Now, I didn't do it as a lawyer. I did it as a layperson, but... The CCCP uh, are who? The... Um, Consumer Protection? Consumer, um, Protection um, Commission. Commission. Now, they're our national body. The European Commission overlooks... Their, they have a wider remit, but this is a, a domestic issue, so the CCPC would be the first port of call. Whereas cartel behaviour, which... Is certainly, my professional DNA sets off a red flag of cartel behaviour in that they all are not in a wink and contrary to what would be Article 101 of the, I suppose, the equivalent of the European Constitution, which is the TFEU. They said, Conor Pope was saying in the Irish Times that the reason that they slashed it initially from 40% in some cases to less than 10% was to offset the impact of rising wholesale prices. Um, that they could no longer cope with a 30 or 40% discount for a new customer. They'd be loss-making. But we know they're not loss-making. They make billions. No, um, the... Sure. The, I still call them the ESB. Um, I mean, they turned over six billion last year. No, so well, sorry, twenty twenty one. So I'm not too sure. It could be upwards to ten billion in twenty twenty two. Um, they have their accounts published online. Because I suppose they're 
It's huge money. It's obscene amounts of money. Yeah, yeah. Now the only this is the only article I can find. I can't find anything that said that they've got rid of them totally. Yeah, um, it sort of went on when this happened back around autumn. It, it certainly, I suppose. Look, I, I, I just in the same way, perhaps a civil engineer driving over a bridge might spot a. a, a Something that is worth I know what you're saying. It's your area of expertise. Hence, your 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 ears were yeah, pricked. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's something I have perhaps that little bit more knowledge than say somebody you know who wouldn't have studied law. So if I went on to Bonkers or Switcher, I got somebody to do that now to flip. You, you see no discounts whatsoever. Yeah, but the, the, the crucial thing here is that they all did it in unison. That's right. And yeah, yeah. contrary to EU law, anything that does. As we say, a nod and a wink, a cartel-like behaviour, concerted practice that prevents, restricts, or restores the competition when in the market is an event um, under TFEU. So, if all of them were to do it at the same time, you're yes, saying that that raises a legal red flag? Yes, and it, it's one. Nothing might come of it, but it's certainly something that has to be investigated, and that's what. I've called for anyway. Yeah. Um, so is it, but it's it's not unlike, um, maybe it's slightly different. You'd have one bank raising a mortgage interest rate and then the next day another one does it and another one and another one. You mean that could have been you, between your well, Bank of I Ireland, your permanent that, TSB, AIB, yeah. EBS, that it's planned in advance? Well, that's tied into the ECB rate and that's a regulated marketplace whereas energy, the best of my knowledge, is not regulated in that there's nothing stopping them setting the price. Oh, the banks would be saying we're just passing on a European Central Bank increase. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, and it's tied into your, I suppose your contract in, in some regards as well. Um, but it was kind of dovetailing with the cost of living and businesses clothing and people under pressure. And I thought, well, look, nothing would probably come of it. But then again, you never know. So I, I certainly think it's a question that needs to be asked of the energy companies have you po- have you posed that question? I mean, have you put oh, in have, yes. a submission? Oh, I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's been looked at. Okay, I'd need to dig a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm believing what you're telling me. I'm taking you at face value that if you look to switch now from one energy provider, change electricity or change gas, you won't, and you're out of contract and it's time to renew and you're looking elsewhere, you won't get the substantial discounts that you got before. That's that's my understanding. Okay, yeah. okay. Let, let me know what they come back and say. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, and for the bigger picture, I mean, if the CCPC don't want nothing to do with it, there's also the European Commission, which I thought would be... Um, look, I see what the CPC... They probably, they might well say, yeah, but that was only an incentive. There's nothing legal here. It was just kind of a, 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 a kind of a... I was going to say a loyalty discount to new customers, but oh, that, course, that doesn't make sense when I put it like that, but you know what I mean. Of course, when they all do it in unison within a matter of days, that is... Um, it's suspicious. It a raises, red flag yeah. under, yeah, okay. at, at 100%. All right, let me know how you and, get on. Look, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Patrick. Take care for now. Anybody information on that? I mean, perhaps you have done it or tried to do it and maybe indeed have done it and still got a discount. Do let me know. Text 868 104-106. We were talking about prices of things there last the back end of last week. Uh, here's a few for you. Even simple things like uh, paying €3.80 for three litres of milk. 
the country is just totally draining us. Our gas bill for the last two months is €645. Euro. It has tripled from this time last year. How can we continue to live like this? Um, tripled on this time last year. My bill, my last bill for 60 days for one adult and one child, €386 euro plus oil in December. Um, up, to, up to two days ago, I pumped in over €400. Euro. The cost of living has gone insane. Uh, there are no need for these increases. The Irish have just gone too soft. We put up with far too much. So it's not just gas or electric, but it's also oil. That was €400 euro just for the month of December. For the first quarter of this year, we'll be paying the same as the whole of 2020, uh, while the companies treble their profits. But it's all Vlad's fault, isn't it? Pull the other one, says Tom. So in the first quarter of this year alone, his entire energy bill will be um, the same as the whole of 2020, while the energy providers triple their profits. Uh, lots of people are getting gas out of their houses, Neil, as it's so expensive. I have the oil, and you can buy what you like of it. I got 500 litres a while ago for €560. Euro. That'll do for a good while. It's the gas is robbing people says Marie in beautiful clan. She says, I'm off for my sea swim when you finish at midday. <laughs> Is that an invitation to join you at midday or what? Uh, tell your listeners to check if their bills are estimate or not. If it's estimated, check your meter and ring gas and electricity straight away. Give them the correct readings. People are being overcharged. You are so right. And that includes me. I need to do that if I could find the fecking keys to open them and get it done. So thank you for that. Talking about overcharging, there's a bit of a, a conversation going on here at Red FM all morning with the cost of a full Irish breakfast. It was flagged actually originally by a receipt that was sent to me for the full jack, the Spitjack breakfast. Now, I have been to Spitjack. I've had lunches there, I've had dinner there, and every single time the food is absolutely awesome. I just love it there. It's been a while since I've been there. Even just the smell going in the front door with the rotisserie and everything going on, I love it. But the receipt was the full jack, uh, €15.90 um, for Irish pork sausages, crispy streaky bacon, Jack McCarthy's black pudding, Kelly's of Newport white pudding, eggs any style, house-baked beans, mushrooms, toast, tea or coffee. Now, there's a lot going on there. And it's not kind of like, you know, your own brand stuff out of a supermarket here now to give them their due. I mean, it's fairly good products. Uh, I also have a photograph of the Spit Jack Full Jack and I'd eat it all day long. I think maybe the ramekins uh, for the beans and the mushrooms are a little on the small side but it's a cracking looking breakfast. But €15.90. So then we were asking, what should the price of a full Irish be? Um, and uh, Rob Heffernan said ten ninety five. Uh, Laura said eleven fifty. Lee said €13. Euro. Uh, we checked other prices then for various fry-ups available. Uh, Barry's of Douglas, the full Irish, tea or coffee, €13. Euro. Caffey Vello on George's Key, the full Irish, no tea or coffee, but the full Irish, €14 Euro plus the tea or coffee. That, like that, I'm astonished actually that you would even get a full Irish without tea or coffee included in the price. Yeah, it's very strange. But I, like, I, I think we maybe slightly disagree here. Like, I don't think if you're getting a really, really good 
Full Irish. That's that's breakfast and lunch. How much did you pay for it? I pay fifteen quid for a really good full Irish. Well, like I wouldn't pay fifteen quid for a greasy spoon kind of, you know, like slap up bacon and something you could make at home. But like something like you know, I I have to say I'm I have a soft spot for Tony's. I love Tony's. I I would pay. Comfortably, I think Tony's is around 15 quid for their second. Tony's famous fry up three sausages, two smoked bacon, fried free range eggs, egg, I should say, West Cork black and white pudding, hash browns, baked beans, sauteed mushrooms, grilled tomato, onion rings, Ballymaloo relish dip served with fries, tea, coffee, or toast. Fifteen ninety five. I, I don't think I'd be able to eat all that. I'd be rolled out of the place. That is, I know, fifteen ninety five. Okay, Th- that's a price, right? Yeah, but there's some serious food on it. Well, menu. that's that's fifteen ninety five for essentially what is two meals. Like you could order one of those and split it between two people, and you'd probably and have he, enough to keep you going. Does he do half portions? No, no, but they do smaller ones like the Tony Montana for fourteen ninety five. They do uh, the Vinny Anatelli, which is um, three sausages, two smoked bacon, free range egg. Ha- hash brown grilled tomato onion ring West Cork black and white pudding what's the difference baked beans Ballymaloo reddish chip tea coffee and toast thirteen ninety five. yeah like, uh, well, I you pay for that when you go for the bigger one but I pay I don't know I don't know what the difference is I pay I would pay that like I, I, I it's fine I know somebody here saying done stores in Bishopstown there's a seven piece breakfast toast and coffee is seven fifty, which is great that's great that's if fierce value that's super value so why would it be sorry that? not yeah. super value but <laughs> why, would be, why would it be yeah, why is that but I, I I think like you know if you're I suppose it's like when you eat out anywhere you have what we'd like to term in our own house a cheap and cheerful that you go out and you quick, uh, grab a pick bite a quick bite to eat but like if I'm going out of my way like I can make my own breakfast I can make my own full Irish but if I'm going out of my way to go into town to get a full Irish I'm going to get something that's that's nicer Do Okay, but like, like, you need the tea or coffee included in it like, ah, yeah. say, um, just one final one from Tony's when I go there I get the Godfather it just suits me perfectly mm. the, it's the Sonny Carleone um, and that's two sausages two smoked bacon free range egg hash brown baked beans West Cork black and white pudding Ballymaloo uh, tea coffee and toast what's the dis- I can never see the differences between. but that one is You're 1095. an extra bean or something. That's 1095. No, well, some of them, like, you actually... Onion rings, no, onion rings. You'd be surprised, because what ends up happening is there's actually so much on the page, you just kind of get lost in the amount so of ingredients. Much, yeah, no, I mean, how much should you pay? Um, uh, the barn in Glanmire. Thanks, Claire. She gave me these prices. Full Irish. Uh, no, there's no tea and coffee, which is, I don't know, I, 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 I want tea and coffee included everything but the bar in Glamour 1070 yeah I uh, see that's a sneaky way of doing it because if you get your coffee it's probably going to be 3 euros on top of that so it's about what 13.50 ok alright well, unless you, might, you um, unless what about you... another one here hang on this one two fresh orange juice I won't say where but it's somewhere down in uh, West Cork two fresh orange juice 11 euro yeah that's outrageous who charges 11 euro for two fresh orange juice that's outrageous but they're probably grown locally organic how could you grow oranges in West Cork go on away (laughs) 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 oranges no there's I I think there's one there from the river I I have to say Riverlee Riverlee yeah this is the one that like I was in there once and I was saying well I have you know when I stopped I was hungry and I was like will I when I go for breakfast and when I saw the price of it I thought no like I would actually rather there's no starve full Irish there but there is home. a thing called um, a brunch special which is smoked bacon quickly smoked bacon clonacilty black pudding poached hen's eggs English muffin freshly squeezed orange juice tea and coffee 18 euro 
Hotels are notorious for expensive But they have a breakfast. I think um, Riverley have a full breakfast as well in which you can get a full Irish but that's 30 quid No it's 30 what? 30 quid or 25 quid sorry I think it's it should be there printed in front of you I don't have it exactly to my hand right now but they do have a what they consider a full breakfast a buffet breakfast, breakfast then So it's a buffet breakfast plus a hot breakfast I'm sure you can go you can but fill you, your pockets You like wouldn't eat it yeah, just like have it for lunch later on. Yeah, you would. Uh, go out with your pockets full of greasy food. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're yeah. pre-lined, a co- you know? A, a fried so, egg down the back pocket, yeah. So he sent me this anyway <laughs> because he money. said that fifteen ninety was just too much money to pay for breakfast. I don't. I don't think. I think. Look, I've been to Spitjack before. I think their food is really excellent. It's super. It's super. If, if you're going and you're getting a cup of tea, that's going to keep you going all the way till dinner. I reckon. Uh, I personally would think if it's a if it's a very good full Irish and the picture looks really it looks like it's a damn tasty breakfast, I would pay that. But then obviously I'm in a position where well other people mightn't necessarily be able to pay that amount okay. for a breakfast. Right. So Waiting I, I for some that. other prices actually. This Claire work. I should check out the price uh, at Nash Nineteen and other few places like that. Uh, if you're asking me, everybody's asking twelve euro. Mm, is tea, that, is, tea, is coffee, that what your uh, West Cork orange juice? No, I mean, forget about the orange juice. Um, that's the Tony Montana. How much is the Tony? Or think, not the Tony I think Montana. I full Irish should be, should be 12 euro. Oh, 12 euro. And I think that's plenty. Hmm. That's reasonable, euro. yeah. I'd stretch to 15, though, depending on the quality of the of, of the meat, you know, that you're getting. You're up into lunchtime territory now for lunches. But I still think if you're getting a really good breakfast, that's breakfast and lunch you're paying for. Okay. Let's find out what the best value is, though, for a full Irish, shall we? And rely on the good listeners to this programme to deliver. Text 0868104106. How much do you think a full Irish should be and where is the best value? Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. I want to say thank you to uh, Ken O'Flynn, uh, councillor on the north side, and Garod Murphy, who's a councillor up Mallow Way, for updates with regards to uh, the uh, site investigation work, in ver- inverted commas, in the Mallow area that was uh, going on last week. Much to the uh, surprise of local residents. Uh, we'll come back to this after 11 because of an update and some more explanations and questions answered with regards to those modular homes and uh, the DDO. I also actually have um, the internal designs of them, so I'll tell you exactly what they're like inside as well. So thank you to both those councillors. More on that uh, a little later on this morning as an update. Meanwhile, back to the phone lines. I was talking earlier about um, utility charges and changing energy suppliers and what have you. Um, meanwhile, I also did mention mortgage increases. Robert, good morning. Morning. Before we start now, I must say that my favourite breakfast meal is the five mile in. The five mile. I often pass that and wonder, is it worth checking out? Well, I'll tell you now, the owner, Governor, Governor Mackey, she serves a serious breakfast meal. Right. And you get the whole, the works, and absolutely beautiful roast kind of potatoes, like little, little cubes, you know? Oh, my God, they're gorgeous in the morning, Neil, if you're hungry. Okay, what else is on the plate? Oh, yeah, two sausages, two, two rashers, two sausages, um, mushrooms, um, fried tomato, egg, um... Oh, God, you get loads of toast, tea and coffee, whatever, and, and the potatoes. Cave Aid, how much? 11.50. Value? That's the full Irish. Yeah. And it's it absolutely beautiful. Couple of extra. Any, any, um, any mushrooms? Oh, yeah, mushrooms, yeah. Mushrooms, yeah. And more if you want. Unbelievable. I say next time you go into the, the five mile <laughs> on the way to... That's on the way to... Uh, in Kinsale. Kinsale, yeah. 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 It'll be on the house, I'd say. Ah, uh, no, no, but no, it's nice to promote people, Neil. You know, if you get a good breakfast, it's nice to promote it in your area, like. And do you go in there often? 
Actually, no, once a month, just what's going on. Five months. Do they do lunch and dinner and all sorts of things? They do. They do lunches. Yeah, they do lovely calvary lunches. And um, she used to, she does actually pizzas during the summer. No, the lovely area uh, to sit out in front the of the bar. Five miles. It's they a great look, spot. Yeah, lovely spot. Yeah. Look, look, look out at the traffic going by. It is great, crack. And from great there spot. on to Belgooley or on to... River's yep. taken on to Kinsale. Fair play. Yep. So, yeah. Because I don't know, it's a great when you get to, when you get down to Kinsale, then it's eleven sixty for two freshly squeezed orange juice. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, no no no! Listen, we share we shared your comment actually on Facebook last night. There's a massive response um, with regards to mortgages, and everybody's interested in. It's all about cost of living now. You know, everybody yep. is very fixated about it. But what? Give us an idea as to your mortgage increase. It's crazy, Neil. In the last six months, we'll say it's increased by 300 euro. So little scary, bits like. every time, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And they're, they're saying they're probably up now by 1% again. The interest rates are going up at 1%. I think it's about time we call stop it, Neil. I, I don't know where it's going to stop, like. Yeah, I'm just looking at the various increases from Bank of Ireland. They're, and one follows the other, permanent TSB, AIB. EBS and more to come. Avant Money, Haven, ICS Mortgages, Finance Ireland. 300 euro. Yeah. yeah. And, and more yeah. to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's definitely time to start fixing, you know, if you can. Yours, yours obviously is a tracker then. Yeah, but it's what they call an offset mortgage. You can't fix it. See, with a tracker mortgage, where there was in the past zero interest rates internationally, it's now about 2.5%, isn't it? Yeah, I saw that there. Yeah, the, like, the people are kind of saying that the tracker mortgage was very cheap in the, back in the day or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just something now people, I don't know how, I haven't heard anyone give you out about the mortgage increases, Neil, at the moment. So I just, you know, I was interested to see what, was, what, what the listeners would say. And know? what was the response? Did you check the online response to it? Yeah, yeah, I make most people are kind of are kind of saying, you know, that the tracker had had it good in the past, like, but it's it's getting serious now, you know. I mean, I don't know where it's going to stop. Um, as you're talking about the price of uh, stuff, food stuffs going up. Uh, you know that um, um, I'd be watching food stuffs there, you know, different things there, you know, and for my 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 wife's small home baking business and the milk and uh, butter and margarine and all that stuff is going up. It's doubling. It's doubling. You know. It's doubled in the last twelve months. How can they blame? No disrespect now to those that are trying to put, you know, trying to open the doors and run a business. But how can they blame a war in Ukraine for all of that? How like it just make it, like it's, it strikes me as greed a lot of the time. They see some doing it, so everybody does it. It's a pile yeah. on of greed. Well, it's the type of stuff that's raising, like we we'll say, margarine now and dairy products definitely have taken a thirty percent hike in the last six months, definitely, and. You're all your then your sugar then and that kind of stuff like that's all creepy up, creepy up, creepy up the whole time. Mm, mm, mm. But the mortgage thing, like Neil, I'd like be interested to, to see how people would say, are, are people worried about it or are they all fixing their mortgages or what's going to happen? Okay, so in your case, it's four hundred more now than it was this time last well, year. Three hundred more, and it's going to rise again by one percent, which I don't know how it's going to be, but it's scary. It's so that scary, would make it four hundred. Uh, maybe not, maybe maybe not a fifty or I'm not sure. Okay, no, so let's see, say three fifty then on top of your existing down. mortgage. Yeah, if it goes down, obviously if, you know, the more you pay, the, more, the faster it goes down. But um, just in the six months, down, um, it's gone up three hundred euro. Yeah, 
And, and have you noticed as well, just off topic, petrol's starting to get dear again. It's gone up 12, 13 cent a litre again. Yeah, 174 this morning now in Inverdale and Bishopstone yeah, and it has yeah. been down to 169. Why it's going up again, I don't know. Yeah, I saw I saw a country petrol station a couple of months ago, about six weeks ago, selling selling on it at 155. Do you believe it? Yeah, yeah it seems to be petrol seems to be the way to go, Neil. I don't know. I'm not going to be convinced at the moment. I will always like a diesel engine. Yeah, but they are but saying that it's going to increase even more, that it's on the up again. I mean, it has started to climb, but it's not finished climbing yet. Yeah. But anyway, Let's see if others have comparisons to your mortgage increase. Let's see. And of course, much of this is laid at the hands of the European Central Bank. I understand because they're increasing the price of which money is being lent to banks, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say a lot of people are fixing at the moment now. It's a doc. They're just getting afraid of it and they're fixing. Fix and get out of uh, tracker. All right, cheers, Robert. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for the Check big shout. Five out. Yeah, five mile on the way to Kinsale, crossroads between Carrigaline and Ballinhassig, uh, humdinger of a full Irish. Back after 11. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show We had huge fun there the last time we teamed up a few weeks back with uh, Cork Airport and Cork Airport are going to have a bumper 2023 and why wouldn't they be? They've got more destinations out of Cork than ever before I love using Cork Airport I love flying out of it I love flying back into it There's none of this going to Dublin or whatever the case may be uh, you know, Shannon ain't so bad, but I wish we had uh, international, as uh, in cross-Atlantic to America flights out of Cork. Um, but we'll uh, hopefully have that in the not-too-distant future. We have Welling, though, that fly regularly out of uh, Cork Airport to Paris Orly. And uh, a few weeks back, we gave away a two-night trip for two to the City of Love, uh, Paris, with Cork Airport and Vwelling. And I'm doing another one now this week. So it's return flights for two, including hotel accommodation, all sorted in Paris. You literally will be obliged, you'll be, you'll be, you won't be obliged to pay for your parking at Cork Airport. You can park for free and head off for the weekend and you'll spend some time in the Aspire Lounge, which is the posh lounge of the airport, before you board your Vwelling flight. So you can do uh, your own business with Vwelling by checking out the website vwelling.com. That's V-U-E-L-I-N-G. They've got beautiful aircraft. So um, I was thinking about how we would give this away. So every day this week, your opportunity to get into Friday's final to win the trip for two to Paris. And for now, we're dealing with those spontaneous stories that I was telling you about last week and the, uh, the different stories that we were sharing on air. It, was there ever a time when you just decided to drop everything and do something or go somewhere? Particularly going somewhere, you know, where I was telling you the story of the two besties in the UK. One Monday morning recently, the two of them, two mothers uh, with uh, families, decided that they had a free day of a Monday. So they bought and booked two 23-pound return flights to the Canaries and they headed off for the day. They were back home again and everything by midnight and back in bed, but they had a cracking day. So they just dropped everything and went. So they're the kind of spontaneous stories that could win you a two-night trip to Paris, courtesy of yourselves, and Cork Airport and Vwelling.com. So email your story to neil at redfm.ie or text 086-8104-106 and we'll get some of those calls on air across the week. Certainly between now and midday, we'll get some of those calls on the air. So share your spontaneous stories, please. Um, and for now, text 0868104106, email neil at redfm.ie. And it being Monday, one other bit of housekeeping for you, the Monday munchies for many people as they start off the week. Well, we can sort that for you. 
with a big box of donuts from Offbeat Donuts. So if you feel that you deserve, whether it's you or your friends or family or colleagues at work, whatever the case may be, if you feel you deserve our box of donuts, do tell us why. How was the weekend? Uh, you know, what's going on in your life that means you should uh, be, um, you know, uh, rewarded with a big box of donuts from Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street. So text on that also, text 0868104106, and we'll pick that winner in about a half an hour's time. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818104106. Red FM. Robert's mortgage, month on month now. Every month he's paying €350 Euro more on his mortgage. Another one here. I'm on a tracker and mine has increased by €356 Euro per month. And I see another one here now in a second. I'll chat with Kaz. It's gone up €381 Euro a month, the mortgage. And, you know, who's to say that there won't be more increases across 2023? Where's all this going? Like, why is all of this happening? It's just an absolute nightmare for people. And again, you have to wonder, can all of this be traced back to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Dan, good morning. Come on, Neil. I, I just heard your discussion about Robert there about the mortgages. And I was uh, watching something there last week where the governor of the central bank was being questioned in one of the committees up in the doll about uh, the mortgage rates. And they, they sold on a lot of the mortgages to different maybe vulture funds and other, other different funds. And those people were paying maybe 2 or 3% when the banks had them. They're now paying 6 and 7%. No, if, if, were, they they, say, if, were they passed on to other finance companies? Exactly, Neil, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like if they were in trouble, if they were in trouble with those paying the banks, look, they're in, they're in bigger trouble now anyway, sir. And did he give examples of what people's mortgages have could have gone up by? I mean, I'm seeing 350, 380, 390. And it, it very much depends on your, the, how much your mortgage is, right? But, yes, but Neil, this, uh, is, 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 is there anybody talking about anything like that? Any, anybody, is the, are the government talking about it or not? Here's one for you, another one. Same as your man on the air. Our mortgages with Pepper Finance. It went oh, yeah, up sorry, in, they, they mentioned him. Yeah, sorry. It went up in November. It went up in December. It's gone up again in January. It's jumped 300 euro. We were informed that it's going to go up again in February and March as well. Our mortgage has gone up to nearly 1,200 euro a month now. What's next? Like, people are struggling as it is, and yeah, now they're doing the this. She need that's the point you're making. If they if... If if they were kind of I don't know we say had problems before with the banks, like and to have to have to have those rates gone up Shut so fast. Shut the door. Uh, turn off the lights. Last one out. Like, I don't know how people are surviving. Make the point you were talking about people who are getting on a little bit renting. That's right. What are you saying about that? But Neil, people that are renting now in their I know forties and fifties, right, right. And they can't afford to buy houses. They're paying rent. They're they're renting houses. And if they and when they reaches when they reach their pension age and no work can't work anymore. So their salary, like, of course, will be gone, and their gone, income will and just bottom down to that's right. maybe two fifty three hundred euros. Is it? Yeah, and they'll be on. Then they'll be on the local. Uh, they'll be on the local authority housing listing. 
and I heard I heard some you mentioned this morning there about about uh, the, there was some council in Dublin she was talking about the people that were uh, attacked in this campsite the talk, at the Talca River and, a campsite yeah, yeah. yeah Talca River but there was a local council made a point that whatever area she's in her local authority didn't build one social housing themselves last year not they're one they're just totally asleep at the wheel really aren't they I mean, they really are. Like, it's a bit like it's a bit like the it's a bit like the HSC. You have those in the front line, which are the medics, right? The doctors, the nurses, the healthcare, the porters, the cleansing department. They're working their ass off, and you go up through the scale then of management, all the way up through the different clerical grey. How many of them are working? Same in the county councils. Same in the county councils. Just right. But Neil, I could never, can't ever understand. I know when you know, I lived in Douglas, I was born in Douglas in that area, and Pete, there was always a small builder built seven or eight or ten houses in, in the area every year. Well, I have to say, and around Boring Manor Road, they're building some serious-looking apartments at the moment. And out, out, have you been out in Blackpool recently? There's some no, serious... No, Neil, I, I was out there last week, and there's, there's a lot of construction going out there, and it's damn fine-looking construction, whoever's doing it all. I think some of them but, uh, have got to be city council apartments. But Neil, it's 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 the cost of all that stuff now. And like, like, and who's going to get? And who's going to get them? And who needs them? And who deserves them? And who doesn't? And how do you pick who before one another? And all this kind of thing. Well, well, Neil, that's a different story now. Neil, it's a different story. Okay, so that's an interesting point. You could have somebody in their fifties now that's renting and working away. And then they hit their 60s, they hit retirement age, and their yeah. income drops drastically. Oh, but their, mo- but their rental is still 1800 or 1900 a month. That's right. So there's, there's rent in, in place in Dublin for, for two, over, two, over two grand a month. I, I know people in Dublin, very, people in Dublin, a couple, two of them had very, very good jobs, and they could not, could not buy a house. And they have very, very good jobs. All right. Okay. Thanks for that, as always, Dan. Cheers, my man. Eyes and ears, guys. You are. Keep those stories coming. Text 0868104106. Kaz, good morning. Hi. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I've given out some good. I've given out some examples there of mortgage increases, and I see more coming in from Facebook now. Go ahead. Yeah. So basically, um, our mortgage has gone up three hundred eighty-one euro a month. Um, so on the 9th of January, I rang permanent TSB, and that's who I'm actually currently with to have my mortgage. So your um, your tracker, are you? Yes, right. yes, tracker, yes. Yeah. So it was going up and up. So I first of all rang our broker, and he said, yeah, I'll get on to permanent TSB, see what they can do for you. So got on to permanent TSB, spoke to a lovely lady in the customer service department, and she gave me all the current rates to change over to a fixed mortgage from two years, three years, five years, and seven years. Yeah. And the rates were really good. Um, the interest rates were way lower than what I'm currently on. So I said to her, that's fantastic, that's great, you know, probably jump from tracker mortgage to the fixed mortgage. What's the, it was the difference? Like, is it two and a half versus, like, one and a half or three and a half versus? Oh, one? yeah, like the two and a half, she was saying, was 3.45 for um, percent um, the three years was a 2.65%. And at the moment, we're on a 5.87%. So it's a huge difference. So that's as, good, that's as good as 6% versus 3%, like? Yeah, exactly. So there'd be a huge difference on your monthly repayment. Massive. Like, that, well. would be, um, that would be a number of hundreds, wouldn't it, in the difference? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I did actually ask her um, to give me the, the exact amount per month, how much we'd be paying back, that that would all be in the letter 
the information would be sent out to the quote is valid for 30 days. That was on the 9th of January. I rang for my mobile phone, so I have the call log on my, on my phone and how long I was on the call for, etc. So she said the paperwork would be out within the week. So I rang my broker back and I said to me, look, the paperwork's coming out. Do you want to have a quick look through it before we sign and jump ship, basically? And he said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Once you get the paperwork, give me a ring. So about a week later, I thought, that's strange. I still haven't had any paperwork from permanent TSB. So I rang the back and I got through to customer services again. And I said, hello, I'll be on the phone on the 9th of January. So I went through the story with the girl on the phone and she said, I have no details of you ringing on the 9th of January. And I said, okay. But I said, all your calls are recorded for training and quality purposes. So I said, I definitely made the call and I definitely spoke to somebody. She said, that's really odd. I have no information on the system here. So I said, okay. I said, well, I said, I can give you the information that I was given on the phone. So I went through with her and she said, but they're the rates from, the, from earlier on in the year. And I said, right. And she said, on the 10th of January, all the rates, all the interest rates went up. Went up. They did. And I said, you're they did. Across all of the banks. They did, yeah. Yeah. Did. She said, yeah, on the 10th of January. And I said, oh, you've lost well, it, girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I said, I definitely ran on the 9th of January. So she said, okay, I'll log the call for you here. Um, we'll, we'll go through the calls and see can we because all the calls are recorded see can we find the calls so she rang me back later that day and said no they can't find the call that was made on the 9th of January and I gave her the time and how long I was on the call for and the only thing I didn't get from, for, from the call on the 9th of January was the name of the person that I spoke to so um, it's been ongoing it's an ongoing issue since the 9th of January they've been looking into it trying to find the call in different departments because obviously when you ring back you get customer services you've got sales advisors but can anybody just walk into a local branch of your permanent TSB or your AIB or your Bank of Ireland and sit down across from someone and make the change I don't know. I, I have no idea if you can do that. I, I don't know. I was just ringing the number that was on my permanent TSB um, mortgage. Um, I mean, if, like, if you were to walk into a bank, would they say, oh, sorry, there's no walk-ins. We don't do that kind of thing anymore. We, you know, even, I, we don't, don't even know, give appointments for that. Yeah, I, probably appointments, but I, I really don't know. I, I actually don't know if you can do that. But there, yeah, the complaint is still ongoing. Permanent. And what's been what's your what's your what's your mortgage increase per month now? Has it gone up? Uh, Three hundred and eighty-one euro a month. So you have to find three hundred and eighty-one euro that you didn't have to find last year before. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And will you be able to find it? Oh, look, I, we've been finding it for the last the last few months. It's it's tough. But everything tough suffers, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like we have two young kids, like, and they're they're in full time in correction and daycare and stuff. Both myself, and my husband are both working, but it's it's difficult. It's difficult to find that money. You know. That's you very exasperating. Isn't it's frustrating now yeah. when you find that you've done all you were supposed to yeah. do and they've no list of your existence at all with regards to the cause. Yeah. Did you ever have yeah. any trouble, incidentally, getting a crash or getting a play school place? Um, no, not really. No, no. Both of the kids are okay locally. Yeah. Yeah, because I, inter- um, I have an email that I'm going to read out here in a second where part of it says there is a three-year wait list for creches. Oh, there is, yeah. I know, yeah, there is. There is a lot of wait lists, all right, for the last So why aren't people, why are, if they're that in demand, why aren't private businesses opening more creches? Is it they can't get mm-hmm. staff or they pay badly or what? 
Yeah, like they do say that the creches do pay badly. Uh, that is kind of something that is out there. Um, whether they do or not, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough going. I mean, I put my kids off at half seven quarter days in the morning and I don't see them until five o'clock in the evening. I mean, they're with the girls in the creche all day long and it is hard going for them. I see them, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll read this email out. Listen. Sorry. Sorry about the yeah. what happened in the permanent TSP. I hope they backdate it and give you the rate that you're entitled to. But get off I that variable know. rate. Get off it. Yeah. It's shocking. It's shocking. Very high at the moment. Okay. Um, okay. It's ongoing with the men away. So we'll see what happens. All right. Give you a buzz back and update you. Let do me you? know what they do. Thanks yep. so much. Cheers. Take All care right, for now. You. Give me more Bye. examples of uh, mortgage increases, guys, um, as to how much more you're paying than say. Uh, six months ago or 12 months ago. Uh, I have two young kids and, I've asked, and, and have asked to go out to work to make a living, but society is not allowing me to do so because I have two young kids. Creches are full and childminders are asking 10 euro per hour per child. This is a cash in hand money society, so no tax rebate available or no help for the government if I give the 10 euro per hour per child in cash. There is a three-year wait list for creches and I'm being told from multiple or some don't even reply. Those that do say there's a three-year list, even others don't reply. I know other mums who are really struggling also. I hope you can highlight this in hope that you can raise awareness. Preschool child and a baby. And not worth my while going to work because the government made new rules on ratios and creches and then people are at home charging through the roof for you to drop and collect your child and they earn as much now as a high salary earner would make and pay no tax. They raised the help for childcare and more tax back, but it doesn't exist out there. There is no childcare. I'm sick to death of this country making life so tough. But where is the help for parents? I want to go back to work as I spend years building my career. And look, I enjoy what I do, but sure, I might as well stay at home and charge others to mind their kids as I'll be earning more money than going to work if I took in children into my own home. What is bloody wrong with this country? When are we ever going to see the government help in this area and provide more facilities? When are we going to stop the monopoly of cash-in-hand work in people's homes? It's draining our economy. They're making €400 Euro per child for a 40-hour work week. Cash-in-hand. It's outrageous. Just look uh, on the Childminder websites and see the rates. It's beyond sickening. Tusla is also not making it easy for people to register. I also know a lady who's qualified in childcare but quit because of the unqualified cash-in-hand ladies who are earning more than her. It seems to me like a pyramid scheme, but one where you take in kids and after-school kids and earn yourself a very decent living. Us middle earners are the ones that are really struggling. It's okay if you're a high earner and can pay for a nanny in the home, but there's nothing available in between. We're working and paying high taxes and the cost of going to work and then no childcare available. If you don't go to a childminder in the home and pay them cash in hand from your money. This is so, so bad. Please don't give up my own details. Send that by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106. 
Electricity bill has gone up 150 euro every two months uh, for the last two years. It was 90 at one stage. Now it's 240. Coal was 16 euro a bag. It's now 36 euro a bag. Most grocery items are up by at least a euro each. Small bag of shopping that was costing me 20 is now 30. The 50 is now 70. Thank you for that text. My gas bill came in for two months. €1,400 for a four-bedroom house. Mother of God. What's your energy rating, incidentally? What is your energy rating that you would have a gas bill of €1,400 for a four-bedroom house for two months? What is the energy rating? And I understand. Thank you. Somebody texted me and said, energy costs have gone up 22% in the last 12 months. It was 36 per kilowatt hour discount. It's 44 now for the exact same thing. So that's with regards to um, the increases. And I'll take your word for that. I would have thought it's an awful lot more than 22%. If your electricity bill has gone up more than that, it's not because of the provider. It's because you're using more. The more you use, the more it costs you. That's basic maths. Uh, and then final part of this text says mortgages have gone up four times in the last year. My parents were paying 12% in the 1980s, remember. What's the very first thing they tell you when you take out a mortgage? It's in big black letters, Rates may rise as well as fall. It's all tied to ECB rates. Nothing we can do here. Well, I suppose when you're all but in a recession, interest rates do climb. You are right, though. I mean, it's of little consolation to people here listening to this saying, yeah, we told you it might happen when it actually happens. It doesn't sweeten the pill in any way, shape or form. I mean, I remember in the early 80s, interest rates were as high as 16 and 17%. It was insane. It was brilliant if you were rich and you had money in banks. You made a fortune and lived off the interest. But if you had loans, whether it was a car loan or a house loan or any kind of a loan, home improvement loan, whatever the case may be, you paid huge interest on the loan and mortgages were as high as 16 or 17%. And that's all very well. But many people buy their home and they do the maths in advance saying, We can afford to buy a house at this price. We can afford to make mortgage repayments at this price. Not thinking that that could possibly change as time goes on. You know, you're better off buying a house than renting a house. For sure you are. But I suppose what you're saying is you need to build into that equation. Can you still afford that mortgage if they go up and up and up? Can you still afford the mortgage if it's going to cost you 400 euro a month more, for instance? Our texter is suggesting that you need to do the calculations on all of that as well. So I'll come back to all of those, I promise you. Um, just um, the, the, the mention, just very quickly, if you don't mind, then I'll take the other calls from Friday's program. Um, and without recapping on everything, Mallow, modular homes being built, community not being told. So there was a meeting on, when, on Friday morning and councillors were there. And Garod Murphy came back to me on it. And also Ken O'Flynn, who's the city councillor actually, but has a lot of information with regards to um, the the uh, notice that was given, uh, who was told and who wasn't, which councillors were told and which weren't, and apparently they did have forward notice of all of this. So Garrod Murphy came back and said that the site investigation work, which is what it is, will take around two weeks. Then they'll know whether the site is suitable for modular homes or not. So he's saying that they are saying that it is site investigation. That's what it is only no building works. Um, there will be 30 modular homes go in there. There would be two bedroom homes for families of up to four. They would be modular. They would be specifically for Ukrainian refugees. Um, if the site is found suitable, the residents and the estates will then be told about it. <laughs> so they weren't told about the fact that it's a site investigation, but they will be told if they decide to build. Um, 
people were wondering why was there loads of stone drawn into the site and laid out um, he says that the meeting said that the contractor was overzealous and the stone should not have been brought to the site uh, many people are wondering um, why aren't modular homes being used as a solution to Ireland's housing crisis uh, and apparently the meeting on Friday said that modular homes weren't available in previous years this is all kind of new technology um, people are wondering well, you, don't you need planning permission for apparently no planning permission is not required for modular homes if they're an emergency measure I mean, you can't put a modular home yourself on a site but the council can do it and they can leave them there for three years and then they have to go for normal planning after that. So that's the dealio. Uh, I also got an interior design of the um, layout of a modular home. So it's open plan living room, kitchen and dining room. So they're all open plan. You, and it comes with a sofa, uh, TV, TV units, coffee tables, dining table and chairs, fully fitted kitchen, uh, high and low level units all built in. It comes with the oven, the hob, the extractor fan, comes with the washing machine, a dryer, all your power units, lighting, uh, you know, all the floors, all the walls finished. It comes with a double bedroom, a double bed in there, wardrobe, uh, lighting, floor and wall finishes. It's got two twin bedrooms then, all of those, uh, bunk bed style, wardrobe, storage, power, lighting, wall finishing. It's got the bathroom with the toilet and the hand basin and uh, electric shower, mirror, um, floor and wall finishes everything. So it literally is, they're turnkey. They're totally turnkey. They're rapidly built and they're totally turnkey and they're very, very fast. So that's the deal. Um, in, in a fortnight's time, we'll know as to whether or not uh, that site is suitable and then they will plunk them in there uh, and they'll be fairly high-end. Interior-wise, they will be very high-end. So there you go. Um, that's as much. You might have thoughts on it, opinions or questions or indeed comments. Text 0868 104 106. But... In other news, uh, another trip to Paris, courtesy of ourselves and Vueling Airlines and Cork Airport. So it's a weekend to Paris. So I'm interested in spontaneous stories, not spontaneous combustion, God forbid, but spontaneous stories. So text your spontaneous story to 0868 104 106. Nora, thanks for holding. And thanks to Siobhan and Ethna. I'll talk to you in a minute. But Nora, good morning. Good morning. Have you a spontaneous story? I do, and it's Norma, Neil, not to... Sorry, uh, it says Nora here, my apologies. It's important to get it right. Thank you, Norma, go ahead. You're okay. I suppose, Neil, my story, my spontaneous story was um, last year. My mom was due for some surgery, so while I was waiting for the news of her surgery, um, I drove up from Kentark up to Crowpatrick, and I took her little teddy and her rosary beads. So I was halfway up the mountain. It's a bit of a pilgrimage, was it? A bit of a pilgrimage. It is, yeah. It's the holy mountain up so in Mayo. For, for, yeah. her, for her immediate recovery from surgery and illness. Yeah, well, I was waiting to get the call to whether it would go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, halfway up the mountain, got the call from the surgeon that the surgery was going to go ahead on the Friday morning. So I finished my, my hike up the mountain, took her little teddy, said the prayers above with her rosary beads and drove from Mayo back down and into CUH to take her her stuff on the Thursday night the way she'd have them for surgery on the Friday morning. So I rang my sisters from the top of the mountain and said they thought I was cracked. But anyway, that's uh, just one of the little spontaneous things I would have done over the years. Just 
got in the car. That you wouldn't go. You wouldn't have gone to the church to light a candle. No, I climbed Croke Patrick instead. We'll go. Yeah, we'll go three and a half hours, and we'll see how we go. (laughs) (laughs) Did it? Did it pay off? It did, and look, unfortunately, and I will have to put it in. She did die. She did pass away later in the year. The crater, but she did find a little bit of peace on that day for her surgery that I had done that. So. And you also and you also have that memory that you did that for exactly. her. That you dropped everything yeah, on the day, climbed yep. Croke Patrick with her was I it did. her teddy, was it? Yeah, her little small teddy. So I sent in a picture of the little teddy and the Great two of us story. up the top of the mountain. Lovely yeah. story. Thanks so, for that, yeah, Norma. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Stay Thank listening. You. Siobhan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? He must have been one hell of a salesman, I can tell you. <laughs> there was two very good salesmen there. That's I it. love this. So don't leave anything out. <laughs> two weeks ago, your car needed servicing. Right, go ahead. Yeah, well, I clock up mileage fairly quickly. So I was at 60,000 and with the Toyota to get it done, it was 15,000. So I was in for my service and I was just looking around and I just went over to one of the sales guys. I, um, or I think he was actually finding Stephen. And I was talking to him, I said, well, what would it be if I did? Not having any notion of doing anything. And he came up with figures. I was going, yeah, they're okay, but yeah, not really in my price range. So talked to the other guy and they changed the figures a little bit. And I said, right, okay, I'll take a car off you. Uh, but, but wait, the car that you brought in for service, how old was it? Uh, two years old. No, it is on a PCP. Um, so yeah, obviously it's financed. Um, but yeah, I hadn't a notion. I was holding onto my car. Have you a notion of what PCP? Are you aware about what PCP is? Yes. Yeah, you're paying it over the term, and you have a lump sum at the end of the four years. Jesus, that'd be the last way I'd ever buy a car, girl. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't afford a car otherwise. To be quite honest, and um, with the mileage I'm clocking up. Having an old car. Do you know that, that with that PCP deal, if you have high mileage, they will hammer you if you ever try and give the car back? Um, it has worked for me for a long time. Yeah, that's only because you're flipping from one car to the next. Yeah, well, normally it keeps them the most of the time. Well, that's okay. No, that's okay. It's just that there's been a lot of talk about PCP as being oversold. I mean, I don't want to burst your bubble yeah, here. Well, like. no, actually, the interest, and which was one of the things that swayed it to me that day, the interest is 3.9%, which was going to change um, in February and go back up to over 6%. So, like, when you're talking about interest rates or mortgages, that can make a difference on the price of a car as but well. Can't you so. buy a car with. Some sell cars, no interest, interest free. Loans, don't they? Well, there possibly is some. I don't know at the moment who would be doing that at the moment. Okay, I, I mean, I hope I haven't bust your bubble, have I? No, I haven't taken away the no, sense no, of no. Oh, that kind of new car smell. Uh, plus, I get three free services with a new car. So you went in for a service and came out with a two three one. Yeah. <laughs> what did they say to that when you brought Hands it home? Note, they came home and I told my daughters and they said, what? <laughs> it's like a, like a Telman Louise moment. What? <laughs> anyway, listen, that, that's, as, that's as spontaneous as it gets. Win for well, a service and buy a 231. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I have to know the lads up in your hands. They were actually brilliant. Well, they well, were fantastic. Great salesman, anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say this thing. service team are actually excellent. Well, and three free services. How bad? Three free services, and yeah, 
full tank of petrol, which I, I don't know. Does everyone do it? No, I know back in the day they always did, but... That's a good um, question. You buy a new car, does it come with a full tank of petrol? Yeah, no, I know years and years ago it wouldn't be used by cars. I, I wouldn't they would, think so. They might put a tenner on it, I'd say. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, mine was full that day, so I... <laughs> Left a happy camper for sure. Leanne Motors, the only place to buy a Toyota. Well said. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Cheers, Siobhan. Stay listening. Ethna, good morning. Oh, good morning. Okay, your spontaneous act that might get you into Friday's final. Go ahead. Oh, no, it was a good few years ago when I was in America and I was staying in Philadelphia. So me and a friend said, up to Chicago and finished our aunts. So we spent a few days in Chicago and we're coming back to Philadelphia waiting for the bus at the train st- or the bus station in Chicago and the bus came over Houston written on it so I said to my friend God it'd be great to go to Houston the wild west and we could go travel around so without even thinking what we were doing we jumped on the bus to Houston and we hadn't got a clue about Houston or knew anybody in Houston you know so that we it's the other side of America like it's in I Texas <laughs> I know, but it just did. You know that when you got on the bus. Well, I knew it was a good, but a good distance away because we had to sleep overnight in the bus, and it took for hours to get there. But it was just a mad. We were young and mad, so was arrived in Houston, and I hadn't got a clue about any part of it. So we went into the first Irish pub because we knew that if you met Irish, an Irish pub, was, right? Good for yeah. good, good call. Yeah, yeah, because all of us helped each other out. So we met people from Mayo and that, and they offered to put us up. So we stayed in Houston for what do you call it, for nearly a week, and we went off to Dallas and San Antonio and travelled around and Austin. Had a brilliant time. <laughs> was there any so, time on the bus down? I mean, how long was the bus trip? Oh, I, I can't remember the exact hours, but just know we're on the bus. For, it seemed forever. Was there any time during that bus trip that you either or both of you regretted that rash decision? No, we just couldn't wait to get to see what it was like. <laughs> it was a 19-hour bus trip. Yeah, I remember it was a very, very long bus uh, bus trip. But sure, we were young then, but didn't care, really. You saw Charlie Pride and everything, did you? Oh, Is anybody going to, to San Antonio? You went to a rodeo? Uh-huh, I went to a rodeo. That's what Charlie Pride was at the road. He was doing the rodeo, <laughs> singing at us. Because you, you were young and foolish. Uh, well, not foolish. It was a good experience, really. It worked out, it worked out well. Did you have jobs uh, to go back to after the week? Pardon? Did you have jobs to go back to? No, I was just out on a holiday visa <laughs> for a few months. <laughs> I love it. You have the memories to live with. That's great. Nice one. Nice uh, one. That's some trip. Philadelphia to Houston. Spontaneously at a bus stop. That's Ethna, Siobhan and Norma. Keep those calls coming. Text 0868104106. Just a fast one that came in. Dave says, It was 1997. I was serving my time as an apprentice chippy. I was living down in West Cork. We worked around Clonakilty a lot of the time. I was friends with a guy that owned a bar at the time. It was my local. And I'd go in for lunch during the week. It was a time, remember, when you could cash a check at the bar. Oh, so you can't do that anymore, no? So one day I was in the bar and the bar owner asked me if I wanted to go to the city. Uh, it was to promote a festival that was being held in Clonakilty the following summer. His wife wasn't able to go. A bus was organised with Diageo reps, free drink, entertainment and food for the night up in the city. Who could turn down an offer like that? It was two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon and I thought the boss would shoot me down. But I decided to ask anyway. He said, head away, make the most of it, you're only young once. 
What a great boss. So off we went. Had a fantastic evening, drinking, grubbing, endless entertainment. Finished off at three in the morning and headed to another bar where we got separated. Oh, sorry. We, so to finish the night off, three of us headed off. But we got separated in one pub. Uh, we were there half an hour and decided to chat to a girl standing at the counter, chatting to our friends. I hit it off with her straight away. We swapped numbers. That night in the bar was so good, we missed the bus back to Clon. But it was all worth it, as I am now married to that same girl I met at the bar. So it goes to show that being spontaneous really does pay off. She even gave me a 50, just in case a younger member of the team is reading this out. It means she stood me up on our first official date. But I still married her. I'd love to take her to Paris if I'm lucky enough to win. It's a place we've never been, but would love to go. Well, Dave, you can put all that down to the guy in the local pub. But more importantly, you're married to this lady whose name I don't know um, for one simple reason. Because your boss said to you, go on away, head off, make the most of it. You're only young once. Keep those emails coming, Neil, at redfm.ie. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, offbeat donuts. A big box of donuts to be delivered this lunchtime by Red Patroller. Here are some of the texts. I'd love to win all of the donuts. My grandsons, I'm collecting them from school today. They love donuts, says Rose Kennedy at the lock. The catering staff in the CUMH who worked all weekend and headed in at 6am to queue early for parking to start their hard day all over again. They started at half seven with a smile on their face, as we say, just get on with it. They serve the patients food, hot food to build them up, and it's cooked by fantastic, hard-working chefs. They'll be having a cuppa at 3 p.m., and we would love some yummy donuts. Just another few. My two girls, Kriya and Riva, nine and seven, entered a Taekwondo competition in Neptune yesterday. It was my youngest girl's first competition. She didn't, if, and didn't, she, didn't she go and win gold? My older daughter, Kriya, also won her fights and got gold too. They went off to school this morning full of pride. I hope they brought the medals with them. Uh, and we're very happy and proud of them. The donuts would be the icing on the cake, says Lydia. Myself and the lads in the workshop deserve a box of donuts because we have nothing to go with our coppa. Come on now. What's worse than a coppa with nothing to go with it? From the four boyos in the Musgrave workshop. Um, love a box for my kids. My son, this is another uh, son who won in the Taekwondo competition and won gold. And my daughter is the county boxing champion under 14. <laughs> they definitely deserve a treat. There's a selection of them. Uh, morning. Um, having a very busy morning in the Cork Clinic with our lovely nurse, Grace. We'd love some offbeat donuts, please. And one final one. Uh, and actually, I just don't have only time to pick one now. I'm going to give it to the catering staff of the CUMH. Only on the basis that they have to go in an hour and a half early to queue for parking before they can even go to work in the morning in the CUH. And then they go in and cook all of the food and serve all of the food and all of the hard-working staff there. So your cuppa is at three o'clock this afternoon and I'm going to get sent to you a box of offbeat donuts to all of you guys to enjoy with a cup of tea at three o'clock this afternoon. So for the catering staff at the CUMH, we have circles of obsessions on the way from offbeat donuts on French Church Street. Uh, lots then on spontaneity calls. So keep those coming because you could be taking yourself off to Paris with Cork Airport and Vueling.com because Vueling fly twice weekly to Paris early direct just a couple of fast calls this side of midday. Finbar, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Listen to what all this sadness and the bad news and everything. I did. I thought this morning I would mention uh, a gig I was at the other night in the Opera House. 
the, the show band show. Oh, the Ronan Collins show. It's yeah. hard. It's fantastic. Tell, you know, That's reeling in the show band years, isn't it? Yeah, it is fantastic. Absolutely. The best, if not the best, one of the best I've ever been at in my life. From the first song to the last song, about two and a half hours, the people got up and danced, jumped, called, shouted, did everything. Did. But he had the way of doing it. He had this his personality about him, you know. And they sang all the songs from the 60s. They had different personalities. They had Linda Martin, who won the Eurovision. She came on. And there was others, you know, there was, there was a lead guitarist there with uh, Dr. Colligan, the, 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 the Commodores, not Commodores, anyway. Did it se- did it's the Conquerors, yeah. Did it sell out? Absolutely. It was, it was harder to get out and get in. <laughs> There's so much of a crowd. Crying out loud. You had to queue up to get out. But it was so. But i tell you one thing. What a show. Absolutely sure. Um, Trump, there was, there was McDonald's and then I didn't hear of them before now but they came on young, they were younger people now like, but could they play the, 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 they were playing saxophone man and woman she played the saxophone and the flautist as well and he was playing the Trump brilliant but uh, Linda Martin was brilliant she was um, a chap on the How's Red Hurley sounding? Can you know I tell you, he, he is aged like uh, us all but he has lost nothing of his voice. What a singer. He was fantastic. They tore the place down for him. And, and how's Ronan? I mean, was he on drums or was he singing? No, was he was a compare and he would sing he was singing the George Dolan songs, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I tell you. Linda Martin, did she do the Eurovision songs and everything? She did. She did the whole Why Me and all that. She did the whole lot. Uh, oh my God, sounds like a her, great her, night. Her, her, her other things there were the, the, the songs of Connie Francis. Outstanding, and I tell you now... What's that? What was the Connie Francis? I Fall to Pieces, wasn't it? Uh, she had a string of lipstick on her collar was probably the biggest she okay, ever had. Okay, correct me, you're uh, right. Yeah, okay. She sang uh, uh, Everybody's, Great Somebody's night. Fool. Brilliant. She was just outstanding the whole lot. The guitarist, the lead guitarist. Hold on a second there, though, because I don't know, is Dave going to burst our bubble here with the Opera House gig? Dave? Good morning, Neil. Good morning. What's the problem? You, Too many people, is it you're saying? No, no. I, first of all, I just I acknowledge what what Tim Bell said. Because it was Bobby, I say the best show I ever saw in the Opera House. And you're at Red Holy. Red Holy has a trained voice, like he's trained. He, he's, his voice is better now than it was back in the 70s. Well, if you want to know about voices still being in great shape, Johnny McAvoy's playing the Opera House in March. That'll sell out big time. Yeah, but I mean, like um, Red Holy, like uh, he, he sang, he finished off last night with How Great Our Art. Like, I mean, he, the place just erupted. But outside that, I have, listen, Neil, I'm going to the Opera House since I was a child to pantomimes and to, and to, and to Paddy Comfort and Bill Connell and all. Should be in the pantomime. Oh, <laughs> no, ha- having said that, the opera house is a, a fantastic um, auditorium for everything. But when they put in the new seating, I don't know, was it ten years ago or twelve years ago? I'm not sure. But there was a centre aisle up the middle where you walk up the middle and you go into the left. That's or you gone go now. It's left or right. That's it. it yeah. So there's forty. I reckon there's about forty seats going from wall to wall. So last night we were under about quarter eight. Sitting down in our seat, we were seven, eight, seven and eight. I don't have much time. Are you going to tell me yeah, that you okay. were up and down all night? Is it? Well, what I said, fifteen, eleven times we had to get up between quarter eight and eight o'clock to leave people in. Being at quarter past eight, people had to decide to go to the bathroom, and they're on right in the middle. They're on row, they're on seat twenty, and then nineteen people had to get up. I and know, then when they the spine down the no. middle was easy yeah, to do. Sure, got the front seat. We had the front seat. It's highly, Neil, it's highly dangerous. 
It's highly, when the show finished last night, Finn Bauer said, it's hard to get out. We were standing without moving for about six minutes before we even got into the aisle. Now, if there was a fire, I reckon... The, in, the, yeah, but there, was, the yeah, but there wasn't a it's fire. And it's only, about, it's only five or six minutes of your time after a fantastic night's entertainment. Yeah, but how, how, did the, how, how did a fire officer allow that stadium to be put in 20, 15 years ago? It's highly dangerous. And if there wasn't a fire... How, how would the insurance call like would insurance cover it if the, with the, the way the seating is don't, I, don't, I can't I can't talk to any of that I do know the design had a centre aisle down the middle you had left and right yeah. of it and then the far out lines as well lanes as well now it's just left and right and all seating I, I'm, I'm just assuming that it was passed by the fire officer because their safety precautions are very high well well, you you, you would never hope of getting out of the fire need to, to be like the, the status in Dublin yeah, well, I, well, well, I, I never hope getting out. I know that, I know that. But like, you know, yeah. what, what did it take? Five or six minutes to get out of the gig? I mean, come on, it's not a long time. Yeah, it, but I mean, if, if there was a fire, there's a panic. People are not going, <laughs> what will they do? Then jump over the seat and top of each other, is it? Well, God, I mean, so. all I can say to that is, God forbid that that never happens then. Oh, God forbid, yeah. But, I, but then, yeah, I'll say that. The approach is brilliant. The show was amazing, as Finn Bell said. Well, let's agree on that anyway, shall we, gentlemen? Thank you both. Thank you, David. Okay, Thank you, Finbar. Lovely, Take care. Lovely. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Two-night trip for two to Paris, uh, courtesy of ourselves, Cork Airport and Vueling.com. So that will include your hotel accommodation sorted. Not a bother. All done. Um, obviously, return flights with Cork with Vueling out of Cork Airport. You can park for free at the airport and you spend some time in the Aspire Lounge at Cork Airport. So I want you to share your spontaneous stories, things you literally dropped everything to do. And we had some good ones this morning. It's a kind of a toss-up in between us to the caller who says, I went in to get my car serviced and I came out in a brand new Toyota. But I think for today... Uh, for the final for Friday, Ethna, who at the very last minute jumped on a bus in Chicago and took a 19-hour trip by bus to Houston, Texas and did the entire tour. You were, they were young, they had time in their hands and went to Dallas and San Antonio and Austin and saw Charlie Pride riding at the rodeo and doing his thing. So the spontaneous bus trip from one side of America, the north, to the south. That call goes into Friday's final and so could you if you share your spontaneous story text 0868104106 email neil at redfm.ie um, Just one or two other quick texts before we go on spontaneity and things like that um, and also you know with regards to the price of things um, I didn't go abroad but I woke up on Saturday morning in June at a quarter to six, got on the motorbike um, and clocked up 1,460 kilometres Woke up on the Saturday morning and decided I'd go to the Giants Causeway, over to Belfast, back home through Sligo, down through Galway, cross country, up through the V in Dungarvan and back to Middleton. It was the greatest day out I have ever had. So those kind of texts keep them coming. Can I just say uh, at the weekend, because I was around at the weekend, I had an opportunity to visit Blarney uh, because we were out in Blarney doing a few bits and pieces um, on Saturday morning and it was lovely. It's just a beautiful, beautiful village and it seems to be doing very well for itself. Uh, we were still there across lunchtime and people were going in and out of, is it, is it the Muskery Arms? I can't remember the name of the, the big pub in Blarney, but they do a fabulous carvery lunch and there was families heading in there, people of all ages, forgive me, I can't remember the name of it. Um, you know, they are Muskery Arms, I think. Um, but it, it's just really so lovely. And also, I had a bit of time, so I went into uh, Christie's, you know, um, the big uh, Blarney Woolen Mills area. 
And it's just fabulous. I mean, the retail and the shopping and the pub and the people hanging out and chatting and heading in for food and everything. Blarney is in great shape. Yesterday, then, I went to Donnerail because my wife had never been to Donnerail Park. I was there a couple of years ago. And what a great time, even at this time of the year. It's only about 45 minutes from the city and you can just rock up there. There's parking in there. You go into Donnerill Park and you'll spend many a happy hour just walking around. There's a huge big children's play area there, there as well with all of the games uh, and all of the, you know, the seesaws and the different rides and the, the whirly gigs and what have you. So for the kids, it's great fun too. The house is closed, I think, but the coffee shop is open around the back. There's a big queue of people then. They got in for sandwiches and they were getting cakes and they were probably getting bowls of soup. And it was fabulous. And Donnerail itself is a little blessing of a town, isn't it? I mean, there's some buildings now that need a bit of TLC and some of them are closed and it'd be great if all of the businesses were open and, and trading. But other than that, uh, two great days, uh, one in Blarney and the other in Donnerail. So a big shout out to everybody that I met, uh, both in Blarney and Donnerail. Have yourselves a, a good week. Our lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. We'll pick it up in the morning. So keep those spontaneity texts and emails coming and we'll do some more tomorrow, that and lots more besides. Have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.